0: pop culture leftovers might not be suitable for people who can't handle insane amounts of profanity, so you might want to fuck off. Pop culture leftovers might take its time getting around to its advertised content as well. If this is a huge problem for you, then you too can fuck off. Pop culture leftovers typically has a long runtime as well. If you can't handle a four to six hour podcast, then you probably won't like us, and you too can join the aforementioned cockfistles and fuck off
1: altogether in unison. Others who may not be able to handle pop culture leftovers include children under the age of 14, if you regularly listen to NPR, are a pregnant woman that has spent most of your first, second, and third trimester looking at stupid shit on both etsy and pinterest if you tuck in your t-shirts
0: if you use a bluetooth headset in public if you go to motivational speaking seminars if you have life goals if you have self-respect if you have a heart condition if you're a huge pussy if you're a huge pussy with a heart condition or if your name is melvin tfs706 or tj lamb everyone else please enjoy
2: episode 191
1: hey welcome to pop culture leftovers the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded i'm brian i'm jake and, and where we're the, the leftovers? leftovers stop hammer time and
3: uh yeah frank hey guys it's been two weeks yeah the first yeah. time we've been talking to you
1: yeah it's uh well like and we've missed one week but <laughs> yeah it'll be two by the time you hear this fucking shit yeah. and uh we are joined by uh daniel hopner
2: <laughs> hey guys thanks for having me absolutely yeah yeah this is weird because we
4: recorded the end first and i'm already tired of hopner now and it's like we just started the episode
1: yeah that's right we uh we, we recorded our uh transformers review we're tacking it on at the end of the episode that way nobody has to like you know fast forward you know that 15 second skip button to get past it so
4: yeah you, <laughs> It's you, a just, lot of pushes of that button yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're better off just swipe in the bar down three quarters of the way
1: yeah yeah so uh listen to him Listen to Jake over there for some technical trying to help skip everyone. Yeah. No, it's you know, it's, you know t- typically people just, you know, that that fast forward button, they mention that, you know? Mm-hmm. Jake's all like, no, I'm gonna give you real life hacks here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna help you out. Skip all yeah. the nonsense. Uh, <laughs> Jake, Jake, Jake's life hacks. Get,
4: get straight to Autobot Real Talk. This is new bumper series. <laughs> <laughs> uh blah, blah, blah. yeah oh, well, what was my new what were we calling it jake's life hacks all right i like it yeah <laughs> all right yeah
1: Okay, weird. I don't know. Things kind got of weird. I'm working. I'm <laughs> workshopping it. Yeah. All right. Uh yeah, yeah. Bumpers still a thing. That's a thing people yeah. are doing. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I forgot to. <laughs> but Jake,
4: Jake, what's bumpers? I don't want to explain it. Bumpers. It's a really simple way to podcast if you don't have like the computer, PC setup at home, and all the microphone equipment and headphones and all that nonsense. You can fuck that nonsense. You don't need it. You can just download bumpers onto your iOS device for now and basically do podcasting. Just talk into the microphone, hit the button and boom. Yeah. They'll even help you publish it to iTunes with one easy step. It's a, it's a pretty neat app. It is cool. Yeah. And you're doing a series. Yes. I'm doing a series. We are, it's called the Daily Doe, even though it's pretty much the not quite Daily Dough at this point. <laughs> Where once a day we are watching an episode of The Simpsons, starting at the very beginning, and then rating and reviewing that episode. And I'm actually looking for anyone that wants to guest star on any episode to get a hold of me. We would love to have a fucking slew of guest stars. Just like the Simpsons, we want nonstop. So many guest stars, you're fucking sick of it. By Are you the-
1: using the word "star" loosely here? <laughs>
4: uh, we, I, I very much so. Yeah, right. guiltiest charge.
1: I mean, like can, 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 can you just say we'd like to have some guests?
4: Yeah, guests. I'll take. I'll take anybody. Right. So I, yeah. I'm. No one's volunteering. Not too many people. So I'm ready to start going on the street and mm-hmm. just asking people to join. So yeah. <laughs> hit me up. We've got a spreadsheet set up to pencil people's names in. So
2: are you going to join us for a Simpsons episode? Yeah, send me the spreadsheet. I'll take a look and see what uh, which one. I love the, uh, the when Bart and Lisa do a, a Little League hockey episode. That's
4: actually my favorite episode of all time. Spoiler:
2: It's an amazing mm-hmm. one. Yeah, so there we go.
4: Nice pick. So I, I won't have you on that one. I don't want to spoil my favorite episode of all time.
1: Listen, well, to- that's fair. <laughs> Listen to Jake fucking cornering our, our, our guest. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Our, our guest star, yep. Hopner. He's in high gear showrunner mode, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah he is. He's like, I give him that's like, right, hey, Jake, right. can you tell us about bumpers. And he's just like, he's. Thank oh, boom you. He's fucking, yeah, he's making deals over here and shit. <laughs> I'm Coaching weird. talent. He's like unquote, fucking. Talent. He's like Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf of Wall Street uh, over there. We've man, been, I'm we've waiting been, for him to sell
3: <laughs> me a fucking pen.
1: We've been compromised, Hopner. We'll talk later. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah, I want to thank uh two new Patreon patrons, uh Joss Salgato and Stephen Hall. Thank you very much. Nice. Love cool. the patrons. And uh now, I guess we're going to jump into uh it's been a couple weeks, so we do we got a few iTunes reviews. Yes. So we're going to jump into some iTunes reviews. I'm going to keep saying that until I find it <laughs> her. iTunes reviews. It's one
5: star five. We don't give a because we really love to hear.
1: iTunes reviews. First one, I love this one, comes from Jose 10A. <laughs> why, why is that funny? I like the rhyme. Jose 10A? Yeah. yeah. You think, uh, Jose, do you think maybe he is uh, a Hispanic dude who lives in Canada? I don't know. Jose? <laughs> I can get the 10A bit. A. That's it.
4: Oh, A. Oh, okay. A. I <laughs> get it. Uh, not, no,
1: not like A. It's more like A hoser. It's more like A hoser. A, a. a. hoser. Yeah. 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 Yay. Yeah. Not yay. Yeah. I know, I was fucking around. <laughs> no, I just want to give a shout out to all of our Hispanic listeners in Canada. Thank you very much for listening. You're greatly appreciated. We love you. This is a specific demographic. (laughs) I know, and that's why they don't get a lot of the attention that they deserve, Frank. Yeah, not a
2: lot of representation. We're coming
4: up with specific coverage for that market. So
1: thank you, Jose, (laughs) and keep that Maple Leaf flag flying, you crazy (laughs) hockey-loving son of a bitch. Go eat some poutine, (laughs) you fucking... You, uh, you ever had that? Yoga hosers. Huh? Have you had poutine? Poutine? I've never had it. I've had poontang. Mm. never had <laughs> Yes. It Slightly
6: looks, different. It
1: looks Some interesting. Dish. No. I, I I don't know how many different ways you can have poontang. Oh, I do. Uh, I don't know how many different ways you can have poutine, but I've had poontang a lot of different ways. Probably not with gravy, though. Like, oh. like, Uh, You'd be surprised. Uh,
4: Yeah. (laughs)
1: There was that one time. There was that one time. <laughs> what color we, of gravy do you use in that circumstance? Oh. We, we called it the Rise and Shine Breastfist, <laughs> is what, what we would. called it. It's started at the top and I worked my way down.
3: Unlike this show that started in the end, you got and finished Hop- in the front.
4: You
2: got Hoppner groaning at you.
1: It's
4: <laughs> <laughs> a good name.
2: I, I appreciate a good pun.
1: <clears throat> Hoppner, are you still podcasting?
2: Yeah, we're still podcasting. That's nice. Uh, plug your podcast, Chief. Uh, yeah, uh, we're called Something Something Nostalgia. Uh, find us at Nostalgia, somethingnostalgia.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, SSNostalgia. Uh, look us up on iTunes. Uh, one of the reasons you have me on today is we were talking about Transformers because we just were finishing up, uh, talking about, we reviewed all the original G1 uh, series. Nice. Yeah, so hey, we did, uh, episodes I- for season one, two, the movie, then the three and four combo.
1: Now I just found out from uh a, I, I don't know if he's a newer listener but he, uh, his name's Jorge um maybe Jorge 10a maybe hmm. maybe yeah, possibly. possibly Wow I know it's all starting to go. No, but Jorge was nice enough to tell me because I didn't know this that uh transformers G1 seasons one two three and four so you watch seasons one then you watch two then you watch the movie and then yep. you watch three and then you watch four that's if, Anybody's wondering, but now not the Bayformers movie. You watch the animated (laughs) movie, but (laughs) yeah, the one Orson Welles' final performance. Yeah, Yeah, that's amazing. He did his lines five days before he fucking died. Damn, that's how. Yeah, I mean, so anyway, um, but uh, they're all on Tubi TV. (sighs) Really? Yeah, T uh, T U B I T V Tubi TV, and you can download it on your PS4. I don't know about Xbox. Free, absolutely cool. free. It's kind of like Crackle. It's all free. Crackle's owned yeah. by Sony. Did you know that? Nope. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, you can uh, you can download, and they got a lot of other cool stuff. You can watch the Doctor Strange animated movie. Frank, I highly recommend it. I know you didn't like Doctor Strange. The the <clears throat> the you know, yeah, not the, the cinematic MC.
3: film, but I, I did like him in uh, the Infinity comics that I've been reading. I oh.
1: would
4: say that that Doctor Strange movie you're talking about mm-hmm. is Marvel's finest piece of animated work that they, right? they've it's ever good. done.
1: And I would say number two, I, I love Planet Hulk too. Oh, it's yeah, good, it's good. good it's it's really good. good. But, uh, yeah, so, um, so yeah, Tubi TV, it's T U B I TV. And yeah. you can also get it on your phone if you are forced to do that.
4: Uh, this jose 10a w- <laughs> uh, why
1: are you saying that
4: because uh it just it was a funny like we went down the big rabbit hole about oh,
1: about oh, that. oh. we're in the middle of an itunes jake's you, you're, you're starting to turn into me because that's what i usually do <laughs> uh, you know we'll go down a rabbit hole and i'll be like oh
2: yeah jose 10a <laughs> showrunner mode he's still in it
1: yeah <laughs> i don't know it sounds it does uh jose 10a it sounds like a mexican battery
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you need or a, a or
1: Jose ten a? <laughs> you know, you know, power uh, power's different in other countries. You know, you got to get the PAL converter when you go over to Europe and shit. Yeah, you know, yep. down there, you know, they don't have energizers. They got the t- the Jose ten a's. You can get the Jose ten double a's, triple a's, the Cs, the D's. Sure. Yeah. Now I'm talking Jose. about breasts. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm talking about breasts. That, that brings me back a- to poontang. <laughs>
4: Huh? I said the Jose
1: 10 double D. Jose 10 double D. Oh, man. That's a weird size. <laughs> a little bit more uh, than a handful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, this next one comes from Jimmy Crack Corn 13.
2: Wait, and did we actually do his, uh, I yeah, did me, or we, did we never we read Jose's today's, did Oh you? shit, we never <laughs> read him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, Jose, I was just having a lot of fun in your name there, Chief. <laughs> Man, uh, let's see here. It's, uh, titled Best Podcast in the Universe. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, <laughs> wow, that's gonna drop. Uh, it's a five star, and I love this podcast, hate when they take a week off. Makes my Sunday lonely and week go by long. This is where I want to play like the whole music. Oh, man. So, no, I like your review. Not as much as I love that name. (laughs) I love that name for some reason. Yeah,
4: look out for our new Jose 10A bumper. Huh? All right, look out for our new Jose 10A bumper series.
1: Wow, you're, you're just, you're going hog wild with these bumper series, like anything. <laughs> hey, welcome to Jake's Poontang Talk. Uh, <laughs> you're Not like, to be confused with poutine. <laughs> you're like, uh, each week you tell how you can, different ways you can enjoy Poontang. You're kind of like Bubba from uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: <was thinking laughs> Marin from I can't be like that. Done. That would just be one bumper, basically, if I was like that. Where I just list it off and that'd be the bumper.
1: No. You gotta get in depth on yeah, the content. All, right. yeah, all right, guys. <laughs> Jesus. It's your fucking series. Do what you want, Jake. All right. I guess it's a one shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it it was good stuff. I just think I should I should do it like the bubba the bubba approach. Okay. All right. Uh, that conversation <laughs> took place over many days, Jake. Mm-hmm. They didn't they went from different locations, so I was just thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, over the course of time, you know. And all right. All right. Yeah, let's get technical, Brian. I did. It's <laughs> not completely without merit. There was good stuff there. Yeah. Uh let's see here. Uh this next one comes from Jimmy Crack Corn thirteen. It's titled The Best There Is. And it's a five star. It doesn't feel like a five star though. It there's a there's a lot of what's going on over there, happening?, oh, I'm just pouring some tea. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, I heard a little bit of liquid going on over there. Just, <laughs> yep. What no, now what are you doing? Today. Are you are you actually grinding the tea leaves? i <laughs> getting the no, I did that earlier. Yeah, <laughs> he now I'm out in the garden and uh, <laughs> yeah. now uh, pick some tomatoes. Exactly. <laughs> 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 mm. That's weird tea uh this
0: fuck this episode this is
1: stupid you no it's like our listeners wait like a whole fucking week for us to come back and uh i'm talking about uh hispanic people in uh canada with big boobs yeah and batteries that yeah fake batteries down there in mexico i love this now oh, they love it i okay. think They're it's e- cool e- eating this shit up oh man you now
3: know we're back on the poontang yeah
1: uh, <laughs> uh jimmy crack corn he spells crack and corn with a
2: k that's mm. very. Mm. It's edgy, yeah. like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> i going just say, like the band Corn. I was going to say that uh, too. I, I, I was also going to say,
1: it's stupid. I hate
3: Corn. <laughs> no, it's I,
1: the only concert I've ever slept through. Oh, see, I saw Corn. I saw a bunch of bands, though. It was Corn. Uh, it was Metallica. Oh, yeah. mine was at an Ozfest. Corn played before Metallica.
4: Greg Capullo did art for one of their album covers way back in the day. Is that
1: Capullo oh, with shit. a K? It's with a C. Capullo. Oh, okay. They should spell it with you a K. They might have
4: changed it just for that occasion. The be Titled yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 Best There Is. It doesn't, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of critiquing in here. Uh, a lot of critiquing. Uh, no. it, it's, yeah, here we go. It's hard to listen to Brian's yelling at times. Yeah, that's what? how it starts. Here we go. Oh god. See that's the thing. People try to Ah, here, fuck it. Ah here we go. No, it'll come out. Uh if the guys don't agree with him, he'll shout them into submission. This this that makes
4: his review seem insincere. Yeah. yeah if that's if true. we're the best there is in five stars and then he
1: instantly comes out with a, uh, like a critique like oh that. no 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 did jimmy crack corn you know he's cracking some corn right now no <laughs> uh-huh. oh, no jimmy's cracking some skulls um no <laughs> jimmy, jimmy you're smoking crack chief then no the thing is it's like uh i think people they point it out some people it makes them uncomfortable they don't like it and they feel like if they if they say something in the review like it's gonna grab my attention Mm -hmm. And, like, all of a sudden I'm going to be like, well, there's some changes I need to make to myself and (laughs) my podcasting style. Maybe maybe I shouldn't be yelling at people. Well, thank you, Jimmy Crack Corner. I I won't be doing that next time. Like, I'm going to go to fucking anger management classes and, like, you know, have, like, this fucking, like, eye-opening experience. You guys know that it's all in fun. Not really. Yeah. I, I keep hoping one of these reviews will work, and you'll stop yelling at me. <laughs> oh God! Well, but he goes. He goes on to say, uh, "Here he goes, Oh, oh but he's extremely hardworking and knows his stuff." Uh, here we go. He's gonna, oh, no, 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 no. You're gonna love him now, Jake, because he's gonna suck your dick. Here we go. Jake is the best easily the most intelligent of the crew so basically wow. me and frank are I'm fucking on a rock somewhere yeah. in the corner <laughs> me and frank are foaming at the fucking mouth over here this
4: guy actually has no social graces whatsoever like, <laughs> you can tell just by the way yeah. he leaves this review that he doesn't communicate with other people
1: oh no shit nobody would like him yeah <laughs> I yell at people. Who I don't still understand hang out why everyone
4: thinks I'm an asshole. Yeah.
1: Easily <laughs> the yeah. Them, you know. You're easily <laughs> the, the most intelligent of the crew. Um yeah, I love it. I I love it when people rate us as human beings right. and then Who's rate better? our intelligence. <laughs> yeah. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I yell a lot. I can't read.
4: Jeez. Maybe you're just only slightly less less intelligent than me. Oh,
1: here we go. Here we go. I feel sorry for Frank getting constantly oh. belittled by Brian.
2: God. Mm.
0: <laughs> like he doesn't do
1: it to Jake, too. He just fucking
0: did it with Transformers.
1: Uh, you haven't heard that yet. Oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> Yay, Frank fucked up. <laughs> I, I usually do that. <laughs> but he brings most of it on himself. So, but but fuck this I guy. feel sorry for you,
2: Frank. Oh, fuck your pity. You know, is oh an you're an idiot. an idiot! You're not smart, what what is is an idiot. Idiot. dude. Just
1: like that battered housewife in the Lifetime movie, you feel like you deserved it. God, yeah, uh, so, well, this is. But we're the best. Oh uh, yeah, but if you're yeah. looking for pop, pop stars, yeah, but if you're looking for pop culture info, this is your place. I've tried them all, and this one is by far the best. And because uh, I'm so smart.
5: Jesus!
1: fuck you jimmy come on fuck you fuck next it. thing
3: you know here he's gonna fucking update next week one star well i did like these guys until they
1: decided to shit on my review mm-hmm. you know what the best thing about i
3: was nice
1: <laughs> shut the fuck up
3: man. <laughs> i deserve that
1: <laughs> of course you do he said so <laughs> Jake, would you would agree? I would hope you agree because you're the most intelligent of the crew. I can't even fucking think for myself right now, Jake. It, you know, <laughs> tell him how to feel. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you how to do, Brian? No, I'm gonna butter th- the bread. He gave us five stars, and what I love about five stars is that they have five spiked edges that he can shove right up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, dude. Fuck you. I'm not changing a goddamn thing. I'll belittle Frank, and then I'll you know I'll belittle your fucking ass. Drop me down to a one goddamn star. Don't give a shit. Don't ever listen again. Don't give a fuck. That's the thing. It's like somebody gives us a five star review, and we still fucking give them shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, here we
4: go. Well, uh, come on now, and we still give him shit. That was a terrible review. It really was. Really yeah. Just think of
3: it like this. Like in a like an honest to god abusive relationship, that the dick dude's gonna be looking at his beat up old lady and and like, well, you. I love you. I love you. It's just, I wish you wouldn't do these things that make me mad. Fuck that shit. Fuck right. his five stars. Uh, we, we,
1: have, we try to have fun every week on this show, and some people just, I don't know, whatever. They don't get it. They don't really get it. Uh, next one comes from, uh, it's a one star. Oh, here we go. One yeah, star. Sorry. It's titled, it's titled uh, Worst. The worst. And uh, it's, it's from Crystal R.D. And... Uh, I just started with the Black Panther episode, and honestly, this is the worst podcast I've ever listened to, and they spelled two with T-O-O, so uh, uh, why do a podcast when you sound like you hate podcasts, not subscribing? Oh, we miss you. Hold on. Last episode, it was the Black Panther episode that we did. I was really tired. I told everybody from the get-go that I was really fucking tired. You ever had a fucking day where, like, you know what? Like, you show up to work and you just don't feel like you fu- want to show up to work? Yeah. yeah. But I felt like that at the beginning. But I think I kind of, like, worked out the kinks throughout the episode. And the episode got – I had a little bit more energy yeah. and shit no, like that. Yeah, I completely that. agree. But at yeah. the beginning, I was bitching. Just like, you know, here, you know. here's the thing. I guarantee – hey, Crystal, I guarantee you, like, every time you approach your boyfriend your husband or your dildo, they don't want to, they, you know, they don't, they're not always, they're not always wanting to do that. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, There's been times, I I don't know, I'm not going to throw in, you guys, you guys are in a relationship, so I'm not going to throw you under the bus, but there have been times where like I've had an ex-girlfriend wanting to get it on or even my ex-wife and i'm tired i don't want to do it and it's sex and i enjoy sex this podcast can be fun and enjoyable at times sometimes i just don't feel like being here and doing it but i try to get myself into that mode if if you listen off of one episode and you think uh, that i hate every podcast that i'm on like every yeah i do say that this episode sucks (laughs) every time you were were taking one for the team last uh, the last
4: episode you know we have listeners unlike crystal that you know Depend on us mm-hmm. for their weekly enjoyment every week, yeah. and even though you were not in the best of moods. Well,
1: Jose says, you know, I get yeah. sad when I get when I don't get an episode every week. I exactly, yeah. So, Crystal, ah, go fuck yourself, you stupid bitch. Yeah. Um, no, but the thing is, I want to say, yeah, I just told totally. Well, she's not listening Whatever. anyway. She didn't subscribe. So
3: uh, it's just an idea anyway. It has nothing to do with who's actually behind the keyboard, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's, uh, you know. There's been times, you know, it's just like sex. I'm saying, like, you know, I'm tired and I don't want to do it. And sex is a great thing. And me and Jacob been in other relationships, dude. We we, we get it. Yeah. Sometimes, like, yeah. it's
3: been a hot summer day and you ain't wanting to climb between there them was, legs.
1: There was one time. There was one time where I and I mean I was like in my early twenties. Got really drunk on Halloween. Like, really... So drunk that I actually... Like, we were having... I was at a house party. I actually fell asleep in somebody else's yard. (laughs) Um, Ex-girlfriend at the time, she, like, drove me home and everything and, like, took me into my bedroom and, like... Yeah, the guy that fell asleep in the yard. She's trying to get me to go to like Bone Town, and it's like I'm like I just I'm I'm fucking drunk, almost passed out. It ain't happening tonight. Let me die. Let and me come back yeah. to life tomorrow. Exactly. Rise up the phoenix. Right. And have, <laughs> great. Nobody's eat, nobody's eating any poutine. Yeah. Poutine, oh. poutine. No, but yeah. So that's where the gravy come came from.
3: Oh. A hot summer night i'm telling
1: you yeah but uh yeah good riddance crystal and before yeah.
3: anybody says it, I mean, that goes for us, too. I'm a fat fuck. Sometimes people don't want to climb between my legs
4: either, so get off your high horse. <laughs> I like how Frank's justifying the analogy and not the real point we're trying to make. Yeah. <laughs> no, I saw that, too.
5: But You know
3: somebody out there is thinking, oh, that Frank, he's so fucking sexist. He said that. Or maybe they don't want to suck his dick. It's uh, both somebody, ways.
1: Somebody thinks I'm sexist now. I yeah. called her a stupid bitch. The, uh, the, uh, people try too hard to be offended. Well, I mean, we've got some wonderful female listeners that yeah. listen to the show, but Crystal's a stupid bitch. <laughs> Fucker. You'll have that. It's like you play the South of the Park.
3: Uh, Crystal's a big fat bitch.
1: Hey, Frank. <laughs> I, no, I don't agree with your point, and I'm going to yell at you and beat you with a submission now. Okay, mm, I'm going to go sit nice. and gonna,
3: quiet for ten minutes I'm going to sit here
1: and just look like a battered wife. No, you're you're fucking Einstein over there,
3: dude. I was feeling a little sadistic, like when that shit with the Transformers thing was going on, and you're digging into him. I'm like sitting here with a it grin
1: hasn't. on my face. Oh damn it! It hasn't happened yet, Frank. They haven't heard it. Stop it.
4: <laughs> I also think. You're, I also think now it's like it's g- going to be a giant letdown when they get to it. I know. It was it's like, all it you're was, telling me. It was a very small just moment.
1: Let, yeah, it's not that big. Like just. <laughs> she said, it she hasn't. <laughs> uh, just, oh. oh I hate this episode oh, no. already. I hate it. I fucking hate it. I think I'm with you this time. <laughs> I can't even I can't even help cheer you up. It's a goddamn circus. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I'm fine. it's not my
2: fault this <laughs> time. Um...
1: Uh, no, it's not Hotner, you're fine. I'm just asking for it again. Hotner, <laughs> you're fine. Frank, what are you even drinking? Are you Yo yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, oh, that explains it? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I
3: started with Mountain Dew earlier, but now I'm drinking makers mark.
1: Mm. All right, Frank. You you are doing a bang up job. Hey, I hope that every like segment that we have throughout the show reminds you of something <laughs> that we talked about in the Transformers review that our listeners haven't heard yet. I want, I want actually, I basically want the entire review of our Transformers <laughs> review that they haven't heard yet broken down throughout the rest of the episode forum. This is
3: starting to remind me of that part in Spaceballs where they're watching the VHS tape of Spaceballs. When will now, ha- when will now be now? Now is then. <laughs> It's hard to keep track of.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Now I hate space balls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, real it's, not uh-uh. <laughs> it's not gotten that bad. It's
4: not gotten that bad. Things man. aren't that bad.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, no, I used to enjoy... I loved space No, things aren't that bad. Come on. <laughs> space it. All right. Let's see here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. All right. It's time. Uh, let's jump into good <laughs> pot, bad <laughs> pot. <laughs> ah good pop (laughs) bad pop
2: it's time for more leftover reviews
4: with good
1: pop bad pop off we are off a week and quite possibly this is the worst episode we've ever recorded No. no
4: i'm with
2: you this time Oh no. <laughs> I always say he that. He would that. be right. He is the smartest out of all of them. Oh
3: yeah, yeah, I forgotten. Yeah, that's that's true. True. That's forgot. that's true. forgot.
2: That's so empirically actually, this in,
3: is the I've worst
4: actually episode. done a lot of math in the last 5 minutes and <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think statistically this is the worst episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa, Jake, Jake, slow down. <laughs> I don't understand anything you're saying <laughs> right, on, right now. Hold on, I'll get
2: the chalkboard. My- yeah, the <laughs> thing. Put that into a <laughs> line graph for us. It's like when sure this- the quality go down. This episode
3: yeah. is a piece of shit, and I can prove it mathematically. <laughs> yeah,
4: all right. See, this line represents our Star Wars, like Star, you know, Force Awakens spoiler episode we did, like our high mark. And see, this line way down here, mm-hmm. it's this episode. And this line's the one that Michael <laughs> Bay is doing. <laughs> yeah. Right, <laughs> yeah. made another reference. Oh, to- God damn it! <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> yeah. it. Right yeah.
0: <laughs> catch up.
1: Stop it! Stop mentioning Michael Bay and Transformers. (laughs) God damn it, they haven't heard it. Okay. Jesus Christ! What is wrong with you? No, what? <laughs> you
0: hear that, Jimmy? Crack corn. I'm <laughs> yelling, you, you stupid fucking asshole!
1: <laughs> fucking dick! You don't like me yelling? <laughs> I don't feel safe in my home. <laughs> oh,
2: oh, God damn! Jimmy. Although he is right yeah. this time, Frank does deserve it. He brought it on himself.
4: Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, that was funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> ah, There's little, nothing little left. There. Don't, I, I'm, don't listen to the Transformers review. There's literally nothing left now.
2: Yeah, yeah Frank, you want to tell us how we rated nope. it? Yeah, yeah Op- Frank, Hopper did <laughs> it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Clearly, you,
1: no, Frank. Uh. I agree with him. Basically, you are Grimlock.
2: <laughs> you are. You are. Fucking you gotta
1: yell at me, yeah. Grimlock.
0: <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ!
2: So he's you not know, bozo. He can. <laughs> he's not
4: Bay former's Grimlock because that uh. one does, that one doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah, uh. I wish he would be. <laughs>
5: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All right. All right. Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week and or weeks that we either watched or read. Sometimes we rate these things. And if this is your first time listening, it'll probably be your last. You, you probably join the likes of Crystal. Uh, I'm excited to see the iTunes
4: review based specifically on this episode. Oh, man. Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs> well, if we're going to get one star – well, Jimmy's going to change his to a one star. Uh, fucking uh, – and then we're also going to get a lot lot of Hispanic listeners out of Canada <laughs> saying, fuck this show, eh? Uh, no. Uh, we have a rating system and some of these things that we talk about we might rate. Here's our rating system. Yeah, we rate things, rating system, here's uh, how many times am I going to say this? I keep I keep reiterating the same stupid shit. At least I'm not talking about fucking Transformers, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, my God. Is there, a, is there a mute button for your laugh? If, so, if somebody could fucking...
4: Like, yeah, make that program. Dude, make yeah. that filter.
1: No, I, you can't dig that go away. I bet it would run on like 16 Jose ten eight. Right. <laughs> Alright. Rating
6: system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a tupperware rating if all the leftovers love it then it gets the pinnacle of success a tupperware party
1: all right yeah so uh, we should have plenty to talk about since we haven't been back here in a week yeah you think i you would think i actually do have a lot to talk about um i'm gonna start off talking about uh two shows actually hold on just can i just go run through three shows real quick dude do what you gotta do all right uh i finished flake season two not not much of a task gentlemen um not many episodes you're you're way down jake yeah you are way down okay am i better it seems like it does the, uh, maybe on my end he sounds i don't know He sounds my, okay. my now. headphones are a little bit wonky okay i guess you're fine Fuck it. Uh, Flake season two, first season had eight episodes, I believe. This is the Will Arnett series. Mm-hmm. I know you're um, talking about. And uh, the second season has six episodes. So it makes me worried about the show maybe getting canceled. But mm. Will Arnett has such a great relationship with Netflix. I feel like if – I want it to be more because I loved it. I thought season two was just fucking amazing. And I Tupperware it. If you're not watching it, you need to be watching this. It's, it is a great show. Eight episodes in the first season and then six in this one, and it's so good. Basically, his character, I don't want to give too much away, but his character, um, the story is that he, he's in AA and he, he's like a, AA sponsor for different people. And, um, you find out that he had killed, this this woman's woman. Now I'm echoing. Yeah, I hear it yeah, too. I hear it too. All right, let's take a quick break. Now it's gone. Now it's gone. That's Fucking weird. Weird. There was an echo. I don't know if people it hear I heard that. It. I heard it too. <clears throat> yeah, hopner did you hear it? No, I didn't. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. No, uh, let me try to explain this. So basically, like he um, he gets <laughs> he, there's he gets in a wreck, kills this g- kills this young guy. 'Cause he was drunk driving and then later on starts dating this dead guy's sister. And it's yeah, crazy pretty dark. It's yeah. dark, very dark comedy. It's crazy. Um there's twists, there's turns. Um at the end of this first season there's a huge twist reveal and a cliffhanger. And season two starts up and it unfolds even more and then the end of season two, your the characters left off um uh things completely different. You I just want people to watch Flake. Now I'm echoing again. I heard it again. Yeah, I heard it too. This fuck this episode. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Okay. But yeah, watch Flake season two. Um, <laughs> What? <laughs> what I'm just, I, I Tripped him up. I, you're fucked this episode. It, it, this
4: episode is so fucked up. It's yeah, like between, it. between all the fucking Transformers, yeah. 50 shit, and now the technical <laughs> echo problems. I was just That's not,
1: weird. And I'm trying to figure out like if your volume's up. Yeah, or, yeah.
4: I was just laughing at the lunacy of this episode. This, yeah. this That's is all just, I am sorry. It's hard
1: to figure out your thoughts when you're hearing yeah, you're yourself. you're
4: trying to fucking describe this show. In my head, I'm like, Jesus, fuck. And I'm hearing an echo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The episode's like falling apart, like the fucking like a skyscraper. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'm trying to talk about Flake season two, and this show's getting fucked season three. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I finished Bloodline season three. Yeah, you you sound just by the way you said that you don't sound happy. Um. It it's my least favorite season. Yeah. It's I'm gonna give it. uh, You know what? I am going to just give it a taste. It. I'm going to give it a taste it. For season 1 and 2 Tupperware's, right? Uh season 1 highest of Tupperware's, season 2 is a Tupperware and season 3 I'm going to give it a taste it. <laughs> and it's not and a lot of people are going to be thinking, I'm not going to spoil the ending, so don't worry about that. A lot of people are going to be thinking it is because of the ending and how it ends. And it's really not. It's really not. It it it's not. Um there's a lot of other just There's the, the penultimate episode was a little, was a little wonky and a little weird. Mm. It, uh, um, and, um, not everything is explained and I didn't have to have everything explained to me in this show, but it was, it was confusing. It, it, it. I felt like the penultimate episode was just a creative way to bring Ben Mendelsohn back into the show. Oh, that's lame when they have to do stuff like that. For and a show. for him to wear a really, really bad wig. <laughs> Very, He must have been filming something else, and they had to give him with his bloodline hair, and it's a horrible fucking wig. Mm. But that's that's – I'm talking about just story. The story, um, it was okay. I'll give it a taste. It, it was not the ending. It didn't stick the landing for me, so. Uh, and then the uh, final uh, show that I want to talk about here real quick, I watched, um, I finished part three of The Ranch. It's so fucking dumb. They don't have seasons. They have parts. Yeah, that is mm. weird. Part one, part two, part three. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. So I finished part three of The Ranch. It's the Ashton Kutcher, Danny Danny Masterson, Sam Elliott, Deborah Winger. Mm. I I uh, I love this show. I think it's great. Alicia Cuthbert's in it from oh, Happy wow. Endings. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh. I love this show. I give this season another Tupperware. It, th- there, there, Netflix should be doing more shows like this. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they might be, but I'm not watching them. It, you're basically taking your standard like network sitcom form formula, and having characters drop f bombs hmm. and. For me, it's it's refreshing because it's so you, you don't expect it, Right. and I'm not just saying oh they curse just a curse they really don't. When yeah, Sam Elliott dro-
4: tired of that after three parts, yeah, you know, that was the
1: gimmick. Sam Elliott drops the f bomb, and when he does every time, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so good, <laughs> but it was really it was they got Lou Diamond Phillips in this season, and that was interesting. Yeah. The one the one actor that I f- really feel does better in cinema that doesn't really translate well into television is Deborah Winger. She feels like she's reading lines. I've seen her do great stuff. I loved her in Forget Paris with Billy Crystal. I loved her in Officer and a Gentleman. Mm -hmm. Um, Fantastic performance. I don't know if it's age or if it's just sitcoms. Doing a sitcom is different for her than, you know, TV's different for her. But she's... It feels like she's reading lines. Her delivery is not very good. Yeah, she just doesn't give a fuck, huh? I don't know. I I, I don't know what the deal is. I didn't, I felt like part of me was saying at the beginning of the season, like, is she phoning it in, or is she just not know how to do television? Because yeah. this is it, it, this is this is a streaming television show, right? Right. So.
4: Yeah. Sometimes people just don't translate between doing the two. You're right about that. Am I low? You're looking at me like I'm super low. Feel low. fun to me. This
1: stupid fucking
3: episode.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. All right.
1: Um, now I sound low.
3: Fuck it. We're taking a break. It's smoke time.
1: Yeah. All right. We're back. Hopefully, all the technical difficulties are worked out. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah, so people can re- hear all this good content. <laughs> it's amazing content. It's the best content. Yeah. Frank Hammer. Spoilers in disguise. <laughs> hey, I didn't do it. Frank, Frank Hammer. <laughs> that's what your mom said. <laughs> I, I was like, what's he going to say? Frank <laughs> Hammer.
4: <laughs> that's what your mom said. Yeah. We're <laughs> like, that's what she said. Oh, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah
1: all right uh what do what you what do you ask frank not at jesus right jesus lay it's off and
4: lay off the nitrous right before we go on air it's my
1: coping mechanism for when he beats on me jesus it's like this, this episode is just people talking over one another and Frank cackling. That's what it is. That's what I next one star review was they all they did was talk over one each other and the host called this girl Crystal a bitch. And they talked about Hispanic people in Canada and then this guy was cackling in the background and then batteries and then Poontang and Poutine and toss it. It's horrible. Ugh. Yeah. I'm not helping matters right now. I'm really not. You wrote the iTunes review for me. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. What do you you
4: guys got? Um, I started watching America's Got Talent again this week. Oh, fuck my life. I had it all (laughs) built up on the DVR. Jesus Christ. Uh, Really? Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I watched the first three (laughs) audition episodes this week. I don't know. I'm not really enjoying it this season as much as I had in past years. Nothing's really, like, shot out of me like in past seasons so. yeah
1: you know what was it not last week the week before talking about that Beat Shazam show oh, I'm still watching
4: that I love that show
1: <laughs> next week we're gonna come hey I've been watching uh, classic uh, Card Sharks episodes on the Game Show Network <laughs> oh uh, I, I would I yeah. love Card Sharks oh Bob Eubanks man such a charming <laughs> fucking host I've
4: been watching the uh, 100,000 Pyramid too that they just that just started back up last week again wow, that's been a lot of fun
2: you know what to watch Michael Strahan
4: hosts that Pressure Luck, you want a relaunch of that?
3: No, i like watch some of those old-ass episodes. Oh, the
4: old episodes. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Well,
3: because
1: there was a pattern to it.
4: Yeah, that show's kind of boring to watch old episodes of, I think.
1: Oh, Pressure Luck? Yeah. No, I, 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 I'm I, with Frank. I enjoy it. You like yeah. it
4: still? Uh-huh. <laughs> you get the nostalgia bumps from it?
3: Oh, yeah. yeah I, I totally get off watching that shit. What's well, that crazy cartoon
1: thing <laughs> going to do? The whammy. Now. Whammy. Yeah. 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 big bucks do stop. I love that shit. So yeah, but the, the America's Got Talent—I don't know. I'm
4: kind of thinking I may not even finish this
1: season. I might just give up on it. I think you may may have like shouldn't have started this review, yeah, of America's Got Talent. Yeah, hey, welcome back to Pop Culture Leftovers. Our listeners are dying to hear <laughs> about the new season of America's Got Talent. That's, the, that's I haven't
4: been watching much lately. Oh. That's what I got, man. All right. I'm sorry. I saw Transformers. I subjected myself to that. <laughs> took t- you can find out later what I thought about that. <laughs> <It took> a- <laughs> I
2: didn't bring it up
1: took a whole week off for this asshole to come back and talk about America's Got Talent. Hey, you just, no, you should have just not talked about anything. <laughs> just, just Brian, I haven't been watching shit. No, seriously. I, like, I would be curious if
4: someone out there agrees with me if if I'm being jaded or the season is just kind of eh.
2: I
3: fell off the talent shows like a long time hey, let ago. The,
1: My cousin still watches. Can't me? wait for these emails to pour in for our... <laughs>
2: I'm going to need a whole
1: email. Just a tweet is fine. Our fucking AGT <laughs> listeners out there. I bet I bet. they agree Exist. Oh, I'm sure they do. Oh, right? God, fuck my life and fuck sure you people for do. condoning this bullshit. <laughs> I, <laughs> you and my grandfather watch the same shit. Oh, really? <laughs> if it wasn't for, like, yeah, if, like, uh, <laughs> game shows and the only thing that's missing is, like, uh, John Wayne movies. Oh, I like, love game
4: shows. Yeah, I, no, John- I know, you oh, bring yeah, one yeah. up,
1: like, every other week. That's
4: yeah, my favorite shit.
1: Yeah, I know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so there we go
1: a uh, uh, riveting review of america's got talent yeah i, right. I low taste it so far <laughs> i didn't care <laughs> <laughs> so i someone out there cares <laughs> and again i say fuck those people <laughs> frank i almost said flank. Flank. Hey, flank
3: flank 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 what you got flank? We i um. So the Better Call Saul finale was this week.
1: <laughs> I am making Frank scared this week to talk. No, a- am I? Am I beating you to submission? No, right. <laughs> I didn't know if I. Would, I didn't. I feel like, no. I feel like I'm like the Joey Buttafucco of the podcast. You know what I mean? Oh fuck,
3: Jesus! If, if you knew everything about my life, this is just a small little bit of it. I've taken worse beatings. That's why I laugh through them. All right. There we go. Let's <laughs> open up. Now, anyway, um <laughs>
4: <laughs> wow. <laughs> Taxi cab wow. That was like flake season in two dark all of a sudden. Yeah. Um uh,
3: uh the Better Call Saul finale was this past Monday. And I know I talked about it once before.
1: Season finale, correct? Yeah. Okay. And uh why what I say? Finale. Oh, no, it no, was I think you said finale.
3: Yeah, it was the season finale. Yeah, Um, and I know I talked about it once already, but I wanted to kind of recap like it as a season as a yeah, whole. Yeah, yeah. This show just keeps getting better and better. Uh, it's really, really good. And the thing that impresses me most is that it's set in a world that existed for Breaking Bad. And when this fir- show was first announced, I was worried that they were going to like lean real heavy on stuff that happened in that. Mm. And really, other than just like some of these side characters who are now the stars of this show they've they're amazing in on their own like this is making me want to go back and watch breaking bad knowing all this history that's gone down um and like i said it just keeps getting better and better it's one of the few shows that i watch that has nothing to do with science fiction or anything like that mm-hmm. and like this season they had uh, a real big legal battle going on between brothers and as michael mckeon as uh uh jimmy mcgill's uh, older brother i can't remember his first name right now sorry but um anyway like yeah so they had a showdown and it was really tense it was really well done um and it just it, they ended up on a little bit of a cliffhanger uh it's it's really good i wish amc would do more stuff like this like i know people are saying that fear the walking dead got better I can't bring myself to go back and
1: watch that. I'm done.
3: I mean, as much as I like The Walking Dead, a lot of that stuff's starting to wear kind of thin on me. Yeah, and I definitely right now don't feel like I want to go add another zombie show to my repertoire. Yeah, so I can't do that. But this is this is a really neat one-off in a in a universe that's already existed, and it really does make me want to jump back into Breaking Bad and watch it again. So I absolutely tupperware it. That's that sounds like it's a good show. Then
1: I love Michael McKean. Oh, I love him. I think he's fantastic. And Spinal, Bob Odenkirk is awesome. Spinal Tap. Everything yeah. he's ever done ah, Best in Show is one of my yeah. favorite movies. Uh, and, hell, they started off on uh fucking, uh was it Lenny and Squiggy? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
3: He was absolutely amazing this season too. Yeah. He's kind of like the bad guy, but because they're brothers, there's so much emotional tension there. Like they hate each other, but they love each other at the same time. Yeah, it's it's just incredible. It's just really, really I good.
1: Re- I really need to to find the time to to with all the new things coming out. It's hard to go back and watch take the a dive series. into the past. Yeah, yeah. I really do need to go down that Breaking Bad path because, like, I you know, it just everybody. That was like water cooler talk, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Everybody was talking about that series. Hey Jake, that's a fucking review. Mm, mm. What <laughs> Frank did? Yeah. That's a fucking review. Yeah. America's Got Talent. Sorry, man. I'm fucking busy. I had had
4: time to watch fucking bullshit TV.
1: America's Got Talent. I can't, talents.
4: I don't have time to watch fucking any fucking new shows. I, I, and shit. I can
1: see Jake sitting on the What's America up to tonight? Turns on the TV. <laughs> it's on my fucking DVR asshole. already.
4: it has been stacking up. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fucking with okay. I don't know what it's I've,
3: like I've, to be praised. I feel really awkward right now. No. Uh,
4: yeah, <laughs> Jesus,
1: Frank, quit playing the battered wife role. Don't <laughs> encourage not, these people. You're not helping. <laughs> Thank God. God. Hoppner. Hop- yeah. like, fuck, Jake stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> jake jake stole my good pop, bad pop this week. I, that's all I got was America's Got Talent. Uh, no, Daniel hopner has got nothing.
2: What do I do? I actually really don't have anything. Work's been, the last few weeks have been so busy so we're right in the heavy season and people have been taking vacation. So I like, most days I'm working 10, 12 hours and mm-hmm. I get home and just lay down. Uh, Hopner's fucking
4: stealing my heel heat.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, I thought you were gonna get on here and talk about the new Love Connection. Oh, I didn't <laughs> watch it. I decided to delete it. Yeah, I deleted it too. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm gonna talk about three movies that I watched, and uh, I'm not gonna spend too much time on them. It'd take a long time. I uh, did go and see the mummy. I uh Oh nice. Posted on Twitter a poll. I uh gave our listeners and uh Twitter followers the opportunity to choose which shitty movie I will see. Uh mm-hmm. Pirates of the Caribbean 5. What is it? Shitting on a dead man's chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Is that what it's called? I would rather see that.
2: Yeah. It's called be better.
1: Pirates 5
2: Necrocrapper.
1: <laughs> I don't know what the fuck it was called. Lost Frank. Jesus. <laughs> yeah.
4: I voted I voted on your, uh, which shitty movie should you see?
1: Did you? I did. did. You, what'd you pick?
4: I picked The Mummy. You picked The Mummy? Yeah. yeah. I boycott the Pirates movies, so I didn't... Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, went and saw The Mummy, the new Tom Cruise vehicle, and, uh... I uh let me start off and I know that our listener Dante Serechia, liked this film. He quite a loved bit. it, it seemed like Yeah. He does the uh, Super Boob Tube Dudes podcast. Oh, nice! Nice plug yeah. for Dante. Yeah. Uh, well, don't go to them for movie advice, because <laughs> this movie, it, the, I mean this, the movie had six writers, and the tone, it, the tone reflected that. It, it the tone is all over the place. The movie does not know what it is and i'm fucking go listen to dante
4: well well, maybe dante's co-host have their wits about them and didn't like this movie
1: yeah oh hopefully (laughs) it's it's the movie's all over the place i mean it's it's comedy it's it's then it's horror and then i mean it it really sets a weird tone for the film and that has to do with six writers and you know, Universals wanting to make a big deal out of this dark universe that they got on going on. Um and, and it actually you know, it was kinda neat like when the when the movie started and they're showing the Universal logo spin around, you see the world, you know, and you see Universal. Well then the the world spins around again, it goes to uh, the dark side of the world and it says dark universe. And I'm like, Oh, they're really doing this. Oh,
4: wow. So uh, yeah. Logo yeah. and everything. Yeah. Branding.
1: Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, you mm. know, at Marvel MCU, when those mm. movies start, you have like the Marvel logo mm. spinning. You mm-hmm. see the character DC. We're seeing that now. And so now Universal's trying to do that with their logo. And, uh, I, I will say that there, there was, you know, Tom Cruise action scene in the plane was very cool. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of stuff, but I like to see that stuff in his Mission Impossible stuff. I like to see it in like Oblivion and Edge of Tomorrow and, mm-hmm. you know, War of the Worlds. I like it in those movies. It didn't, it, 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 like I said, this movie's kind of like all over the place. His character's not interesting. Uh, the love interest in this, there's no chemistry. That's not interesting. You've got Jake Johnson in this film, who I love from New Girl. Mm-hmm. And his character on New Girl is Nick, and that was Tom Cruise's name in this movie, and that was That's confusing. Weird. It was very wow. confusing for me. Um, Russell Crowe. In his worst performance I've ever seen, he's hamming it up the entire time. Mm-hmm. Russell Crowe, loved him in Gladiator, loved him in Cinderella Man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's not— I even
3: liked him in Lame is.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of Russell Crowe performances that I don't like, and I did not like him in this movie. Um, he played Mr. Hyde, and ugh, it was just—this is a, a very clunky movie that had a great setup at the end for the universe. That was like, I really enjoyed like the setup for the universe at the end. That's interesting.
4: Like how much at the end did you enjoy? Just the, I don't know. Like did you enjoy actual stuff you were watching? or Did you enjoy the idea that it presented? The
1: anticipation. Okay. The anticipation of, the the female actress that actually played the mummy in mm. the movie mm-hmm. was great. Okay. And she looked great and she could be scary at times. But then you had comedic moments that just didn't hit. Um there's no chemistry between the leads. This movie tries to be a mix of the old Brendan Fraser stuff with a mix of the old, old universal Mummy movies, mm, okay, as well as a little bit of Indiana Jones action, and it's just too many things going on, and it just was not fun for me. Yeah. um I, I Dante said to turn your brain off and just sit back and enjoy it, <laughs> and I'm I'm bored out of my I, I'm bored out of my mind. I'm just bored out of my mind this entire time watching this movie. <laughs> so
2: real quick, because um, yeah. I'm not sure if I have this right, because with the dark universe thing. Haven't, uh, is that, is this supposed to be connected to from a few years ago, no. like I, Frankenstein, and Dracula Untold? No, yeah, this is part one. They wanted to, okay. they wanted to make Dracula Untold part
1: of this universe.
2: Right, but that ended up being like the Green Lantern of the DC Universe mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm.
1: That movie is actually better than this movie. Like, oh, wow. the only reason to watch this I movie. I don't know. This, wow. This is Tom Cruise's, Tom Cruise is okay in it. I mean, but this i and i mean i know this movie's doing gangbusters internationally it was huge in china mm. i think like in the second week or something it had like after the second week it's done over 265 million dollars globally Damn. so but domestically i think it had like maybe 35 million or mm. f- yeah it didn't do great 35 to 50 Five million domestically. So, I mean, it did not do well over here, but it did do really well in China and then in other countries. It kind of blew up. I think it's Tom – they said it was Tom Cruise's number one um, uh, international film opening of all time. Hmm? So he did wow. great in other countries, other markets. But yeah, uh, some horrible <clears throat> dialogue and lines in this movie. Like they've got the mummy in this like room where – Um, someone clearly tried to lock her up in in the casket. Uh, This this elaborate design of this room is basically to seal her in there so she can't get out. And you've got the lead actress, and she says, it's not a grave, it's a prison. And... I'm thinking, no shit. Anybody watching this and seeing what's on the fucking screen knows that it's not a grave that they fucking put. You don't need to say it. And like before that, she says another thing and I finished her sentence. Mm. And it's like, just stupid shit like that. Mm. Just bad writing. Half, there's a, there's a scene in it where, um, Jake Johnson, uh, his character dies and he's talking to Tom Cruise in a comedic way. And, You're watching this, and just it's just, but then you have another scene where it's like a horror movie, and it's just, it's the tone is all over the place, and it's just a fucking bore to watch.
2: Mm. So that ends, that's become a bigger issue, I feel like, in the last five or six years with movies of like trying to. Like cover different tonal uh, shifts of like you know, hey, it's a horror movie, but yeah, we gotta have this uh, these levity breaks in yeah. here. and so why disjointed. does it pointed? But, yeah, but,
1: but why does it work in some movies for some audiences? It's like, called good writing. Well, no, 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 no. World War Z, that movie went through different writers, and that movie tonally felt different at the end of the movie than it did at the beginning. The zombies at the beginning of the movie run fast as fuck. Towards the end, they're in this small room and they're like lumbering around like oh, yeah. slow zombies. Like at the beginning, they're European sprinting running zombies. At the end of the movie, they're lumbering around like, like what we see in The Walking Dead or in the Romero films.
4: That's more of a continuity error than like, um, what, like, tonal shift, though. And, yeah, and I'm talking about People diff- are more forgiving about, yeah. like, the zombie movies and the horror movies. You know,
3: yeah. movie I always yeah, felt really did a good job of balancing, like, humor, something that could have had an expanded Not universe. this show. No. Uh, i are talking about? <laughs> I didn't hesitate. Yeah. Uh, Monster Squad. That was good, but it wasn't, it wasn't like super dark.
2: Yeah. But. It's a kids movie though.
3: Yeah, but it also did a good job of laying out what could have been an expanded universe. It
2: it is meant to be like, uh, more of a com- that movie is meant to be more of like a comedy anyway, so that you can have that, If, if that's your base, if comedy is your base, you can- It's easier to shift over to things, moments of a bit more serious or a bit more scary or whatever. Tom Cruise
1: is a funny guy. I I mean, I've seen him be funny in Rain Man, Jerry Maguire. He's very comical in a... In a weird way in Magnolia, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've seen this guy be able to – Tropic Thunder. Yeah, you're this, right. Tom Cruise isn't the problem. Right. It, no, it, no, no. Yeah, it, the
4: problem is is they need – Universal needs someone with a vision to be helming this franchise. Right. Like they need someone yeah. to
1: – Well, you don't get Alex Kurtzman to direct the film. Yeah, You need someone
4: with artistic, you know, direction to lock this shit down.
1: Kurtzman can, I I think it was Kurtzman that directed this. I think it was Kurtzman. But Kurtzman's a great writer, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think Kurtzman can be a great writer. I think a lot of his early stuff was really wonderful. Some of the stuff he's done the past few years hasn't been great, but I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Tom Cruise, I don't think is the problem. No, there. no,
5: Tom no, Cruise. Not at all. I think, yeah,
1: he he signed on to do a a mummy action film, and I mean, he's done some really good movies the last few years: Oblivion, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow, and the, last of oh, uh. the last
4: couple Mission Impossibles.
1: Oh, the last couple Mission Impossible's were amazing. Uh, the underwater stunt that he did in the last film. He held his breath for six minutes. Watch it in the special features. It's the one where he was on the side of the plane.
3: He actually strapped him to
1: the side of a fucking plane.
3: Yeah, he's got a he's got a fucking death wish. Yeah, yeah.
2: Dude, dude's an adrenaline junkie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: And that's a great way to get fucking paid for doing it.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it really is. But yeah, no. I mean, Tom Cruise. Like, I mean, say what you will about his, you know, personal life and all that kind of nonsense. But yeah, it's like I go to movies every once in a while. It's like. I shouldn't have any interest in this movie, but Tom Cruise is in it. And, yeah, even in bad movies, he still usually puts in at least a solid performance. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. He wasn't the problem here.
1: Uh, Watched uh, two documentaries that had to do with uh, comic book characters. Uh, First one I wanted to talk about is I watched Batman and Bill on Hulu. And this is the documentary about the really – the creation of Batman the character. Okay, you know, we've we've seen characters like Spider-Man created by Stan Lee and uh, Kirby. Now, here we've got Batman and Bill. This movie is about the creation of... A, a Ditko. Ditko. Steve Creat- Ditko. Yeah. Created Spider-Man, not Kirby. Oh, Jesus Christ. Thank you for <laughs> correcting me. I always confuse those two guys. Ditko yeah. and Kirby. I do it all the fucking time. Uh, Batman and Bill, it's basically, you've got... Uh, uh, now, now, now I'm blanking on the fucking, it's Bill Finger and...
4: It's a uh, Leibowitz? What's his no. name? No. Oh.
1: The... Kane. Bob Kane! Thank you. Yeah. Christ, see, I'm horrible with creators. Bob Kane and Bill Finger and the relationship between these two guys and it's weird how I saw a movie like The Founder last year which mm-hmm. was Michael Keaton and playing uh ray crock and how he stole the character uh the, how he stole you know the the mcdonald's franchise from the mcdonald's brothers and made all this money mm-hmm. this is basically like it was supposed to be kind of like a collaboration between these two about the character of batman and so they uh, bob kane had created this character called batman who had like these devil wings and this red shirt and he wore uh uh a, a, a mask like a um Domino mask. Yeah, yeah, it looked like the hamburglar and shit, like, (laughs) like he was fucking like the Lone Ranger. That's funny. And he created this character and he called him Batman and something wasn't working for him. He didn't, you know, so he wanted to, he, he went to a guy he'd collaborated with before and went to Bill Finger and Bill Finger then created what we know as Batman. And he says, okay, Where well, parents? and Bob Kane created this character of Batman because he saw what Siegel and Schuster had done with Superman and how they were making money off of it. And so he was wanting to just cash in on another comic book character and do this. And so Bill Finger creates the Batman as we know now. And he says, okay, yeah, DC's gonna make the comic book. <laughs> DC's gonna pay me. I'll pay you on the side. And then he gets full credit for it. So Bob Kane's name's on everything. Well, like, the character blows the fuck up. And this documentary is basically about the man that we didn't know, Bill Finger, and how this guy was basically snubbed and pushed to the side by Bob Kane and DC. This guy died alone in his apartment. The creator, the real creator, in my opinion, you watch this documentary, you're going to feel the same way. The real creator of Batman died alone and pretty much penniless. Huh, in an depressing. apartment.
2: Mm-hmm. It's always a shame because comic book history seems to be re- replete with that. That mm-hmm. you know, uh, Schuster and them uh, with uh, Siegel with Superman were un- went unrecognized yeah. for a while, or at least didn't get the money they were deserved. Obviously, the Stanley and Jack Kirby thing. It's a real shame that just how because nobody knew what it was going to end up becoming. So yeah. you know, nobody. Uh, bargained or uh, uh, you know negotiated to hold on to character rights or anything like that, and they were just working freelance basically at the time.
1: Yeah, the idea of intellectual property wasn't like a big deal then. It doesn't, especially
2: I'm, not for that.
1: It doesn't, it doesn't. This movie doesn't end on a sad note. I just so don't just <laughs> think that you're gonna watch this and just be like,
2: and then go hang yourself. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man, don't
1: exactly.
3: watch this and then 15 reasons why.
1: Thirteen. Oh, whoops. Yeah, Frank's got two more reasons. <laughs> I just, just paid him. <laughs> but uh, definitely. That's the extended edition. <laughs> this is on Hulu, and I highly recommend it. it and, and, and I mean, you catch Bob Kane in his lies. Mm. They catch him in his lies. Like, the man passed away years ago, but he's caught in his lies. And it's, it's all laid out. And um, th- 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 this is an amazing, amazing documentary, and I give it a Tupperware. Uh yeah, the mummy, toss it. Anyway. Um I don't know if I rated it or not. I don't think <laughs> no, you did now. Uh Doomed. I watched Doomed Oh, the Awesome. Untold story of Roger Corman's Fantastic Four. I believe this is on Amazon Prime. Um I actually fund I helped back the Indiegogo for this film. This is the uh the yeah, my name's in the credits. Ooh. Yeah, nice. Yeah, big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> you pay enough money, you can get your money name put in anything, I guess. I don't know. Uh but yeah, it's uh it's about Roger Corman's Fantastic Four movie, the movie that they made back in ninety four. They started filming it in ninety three. This this it's it's uh it's a Venice studio. Um hold on, hold on. Never no, officially it,
4: what, released either, the Roger Corman.
1: Never finished. officially released. Nope. And I'm trying to remember the actual name of the studio that, that did this. I can't remember the name of the studio that did – basically what they were – they the studio that owned the rights to the Fantastic Four, uh, they wanted to sell, but they had to – They were going to either – the rights were either going to revert back to Marvel for the Fantastic Four or they could sell them to another studio. Mm -hmm. But in order to sell them to another studio, they had to make a Fantastic Four movie. That way they could retain the rights. That way they could sell. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Marvel's just going to wait it out and retain the rights, get the rights back to the Fantastic Four. Makes sense. So, well, uh, this studio that owned the Fantastic Four hires Roger Corman and hires all these different uh, writers, and uh, even, like, they do casting calls. And you're basically, December 1st, they had the casting call. By the end of December, they're already filming.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: This movie's done in January. Oh, wow. I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's insane. Uh, I found out some of the people that they had read for the parts, kind of amazing. Some of the people that oh, wow. came in to read for these parts, Patrick Warburton wow read for ben Grimm. oh wow. i love it that'd be pretty sweet uh, mark ruffalo read for a character they didn't Ooh. reveal which character and there's also some other bigger name actors that, that you know that tried out for this thing it's it's really unreal and these actors that actually made it as the characters in the film none of them have really gone on to do anything but the kid that played bug and uncle buck the like the shady boyfriend of the girl yeah right he played the yeah, johnny storm okay in this <laughs> um this they filmed this movie in a venice studio that was an abandoned it was a condemned barn is where they filmed <laughs> it <laughs> Nice. holy <laughs> shit and it was it was literally like this they shouldn't have been filming there it was so dangerous they had rats in the studio, they actually had like one of the crew members bring his cat Lucy in to kill all the rats. Um, <laughs> found out Chris Gore from G4. Chris Gore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cut yeah. 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 Chris Gore. Um, he was the on-set journalist throughout the entire filming of this because nobody else really covered it. And he was, oh, wow. he was working with a, a magazine um, publisher called Film Threat.
3: What year was all this going on?
1: 93 was when it was filming and the movie was supposed to come out in 94. It was actually supposed to premiere at the mall of America in Minneapolis. And like, you know, this is like months down the road and like Hmm. people, they thought this was going to be a big release, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, never, never premiered none of that stuff. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And these actors were actually going on tour and going to conventions and signing autographs. As the Fantastic Four. As the Fantastic Four. And they, well the film, the, the actual mm-hmm. studio wasn't paying for these conventions. They were doing this out of pocket. Oh shit. Oh. No. So. I mean, they never made a dime from any of this. Roger Corman actually spent Roger Corman actually spent seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars of his own money to make this movie. But then the studio bought the movie from. I, basically, they they didn't want any problems with Corman. Corman, um, they I think they paid Corman a million dollars. And that was it. Corman was like, okay, cool. You can yeah. do whatever you want to with the movie. Here's my, here's my movie reels. I am done with the fantastic four movie. You know, I mean, yeah, bought them out they bought him the out. Nobody, nobody else on the filming, nobody in the crew got paid. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the actors got any money. Oh, I mean, you know, like it's, wow. yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's the whole shit. studio got bought out. So, yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I mean, watch this. It's, 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 it's a Tupperware. It's fantastic. Um, The, as, as bad as the movie is, um, and I've seen it, it's on YouTube. I've seen it too. As bad as the movie is, the people that were involved, all the people, I, I, have always laughed about this movie and how bad it is, Mm -hmm. but the people involved really took ownership of it, really took ownership of it, loved the property for what it was. The actors that play Dr. Doom, um, you know, uh, Reed Richards, they love these characters. They, they, they came to love these characters after playing them and they, they loved each other and they loved working with other cast members. And by, what I mean by taking ownership is after the movie wrapped filming, the people that were doing the special effects for the film, even though they weren't getting paid, they were still adding things. They mm-hmm. were still adding scenes. They were still, they were still adding different unfinished effects. They were, they, this was a labor of love for them. And it was, it was a really cool fucking documentary for as bad as the movie is. I, I appreciate everyone that worked on the film and how hard they worked. And it would be nice if Marvel, um, would release this movie. Would they, Avi Arad said that he burnt the, the film. Wow. They took it and like burnt it in a dumpster but I'm hoping that that's a lie, and that hopefully one day this movie will come out. Maybe it's just like they were saying in the movie itself. Like maybe it's just as a bonus thing for like a Blu-ray for an actual Fantastic <laughs> Four movie or something. Yep, yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah. let let it be seen, and you know, not just a bad copy.
4: So yeah, maybe yeah. When, maybe later on down the line when you do
1: like a Corman definitive Corman collection, yeah. <laughs> for the
2: Criterion Collection, yeah,
1: and it was weird because like they were talking about trauma films being involved at one <sighs> time at the beginning of this production. Wow! But yeah, that never that never. But yeah, it, they they just made this movie. They never intended Avi Arad. They think they don't know, but they know they think that Avi Arad knew from the beginning that this would never be released. Mm. But oh, they the, wow. but they couldn't tell anyone because they had to have these people think they were making a movie.
2: Yeah, I've heard a lot of, like, stories about this movie, and that's always been the general, one of the consistent things that, yeah, Avi knew from the get-go. Yeah. Said, no, we're just doing this. Hold on the rights to sell it, and this will never see the light of day. Right, yeah. Like, like he was embarrassed of it and just, you know. Yeah. And
1: that's why they got Roger Corman, because they knew the guy. People knew who he was, but he, he was... No, he was known for doing low-budget films Mm -hmm. and doing them on a budget. So it's like let's get the guy that did Carnosaur, you know, to do the Fantastic Four movie. Didn't he do
2: one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? Hmm. No, I don't think so. I I did like four or five or something like that. Corman
4: did
1: one.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Wow, you might be Uh, you might be
4: right about that.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, like the actors thought that this was gonna be like another big blockbuster, kind of like, you know, Batman, you know, Tim Burton's Batman. And then when they finally arrived on set, they realized how cheap it was. But they still thought that it was gonna get like some big release and it's, it's crazy. You get interviews with the actors, you get interviews with Corman. Stan Lee would not do an interview, refused to do one. Yeah. Um, they talked about the time Stan Lee was, uh, he showed up to filming. And mm-hmm. It's interesting. You guys should definitely watch this. It's, it, I, it, it, this is something that, uh, you know, I remember hearing about this you know, as it was being filmed and as it was supposed to come out and then never came out and seeing pictures of it in magazines and something I've always wondered about. And finally, like wow. this movie takes all those little like snippets and interviews and puts them all together in this wonderful movie. So you get like pretty much the full story, except mm-hmm. for the people that won't comment on it. Of course, Avi Arad, Stanley and some of the other people, hmm. but, but I, I Tupperware and I thought it was fantastic. Sweet. Uh, Everything okay? Yeah, I was... Yeah, I'm fine. I was just, <laughs> I was checking to see how many minutes we've been... Mm-hmm. Let's take a fucking break. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah, we're back or whatever. I don't know.
0: Uh, let's do news.
1: Ask me like I'm all right. Like, like, were you worried about me?
4: Are you just like, concerned about something going on with the soundboard or? Whatever? I'm always concerned about
1: something. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Typically not this show because of the quality, (laughs) apparently. And we got Frank on here every fucking week. (laughs) Brian just belittles Frank every week.
5: Mm. (laughs) All
4: right. Now that I learned that Frank gets so happy when I get belittled, I'm not defending him anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, the only thing I got for news this week is uh, Daniel Day-Lewis announced uh, at age 60 that he's retiring from acting. Yeah. And... uh, Kind of came as a shock to me. In some ways, not shocking
4: though, right? Why? I mean, he's always kind of been a little bit reclusive like that. I mean, he's taken major gaps in, in like the, He's almost semi-retired
1: before. In yeah. Well, his I'm just saying, like, you know, he t- he's very choosy when it comes to choosing his roles. I just didn't think retirement at 60 for Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah. I always thought like there, you know, the guy will wait a few years, but he'll always choose another role.
4: I don't even know if it is to be believed yet either. Like, we'll see, you know, give him a couple of years to do some woodworking or canoeing and maybe he'll get the bug again.
3: It almost seems like he's got something going on because like in the statement, he they said that the family would not be answering any questions on the matter.
1: Yeah. So, that goes back to Jake talking about him being kind of like reclusive and things like mm-hmm, that. Yeah. He's always been that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like, there's basketball players that are like I, you know, John Stark hates doing interviews, and now that he's out of the spotlight, doesn't talk to anybody, you know. So, but yeah, you know, I uh, I just wanted to I just wanted to mention this, and then I wanted to ask you guys like what are your some of your favorite Daniel Day Lewis performances or movies? That's cool.
4: Yeah, he's such a method actor, and maybe that has a lot to do. just talking about the retirement from acting again. Like he puts so much into his movies, mm-hmm. and maybe just at sixty, I guess that's just something he—he's just not willing to do anymore. He's not going to phone it in. Well,
1: you're—you're th- you're the most intelligent of the crew, so <laughs> yeah. uh, you've you, know what be right. you know
4: what I'm saying. All joking <coughs> aside, though, you—you you know what I'm saying, right? Like yeah. I mean, like the boxer. I mean, he's—it's not his greatest movie by any means, but he's famous for. Like, how much he put into it.
1: Yeah, but, like, you know, I mean, this is his craft. This is his profession. And he gets to do, he gets to make movies. And I, I understand, you know, the whole method acting thing, but I didn't know method acting was, should be that tiring for him. Like, if, 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 if it's it, acting should be something that he loves to pursue, and he's always looking for that next role. i I think it uh, maybe there's something else going on. I mean, you find out from, you know, uh, who, uh, certain actors like retire, like, you know, Gene Wilder, and then we find out that, you know, he's been diagnosed with something that we didn't know about until after oh, his death. That's right. interesting. I'm not saying that this is what's going on with Daniel Day. Lewis, but he might be getting, who knows? I mean, it might. Uh, Jack Nicholson uh, is coming back and doing a movie with Kristen Wiig, which is which is awesome. I think it's uh, it's a, it was originally a French film, and now that we're going to get the, the the American version, he's coming back. But he had retired there for a while, kind of like semi retirement. And Gene Hackman, they both kind of like stepped away from acting because they found it harder to memorize their lines now that Mm -hmm. they're getting older. Yeah. And so I don't know if that has something to do with Daniel Day-Lewis's decision. I thought that he's always seemed like a pretty sharp guy. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But, you know, I guess you could be right with the method acting. You know, he really has to become that character the entire time. Like if people don't understand what we're saying is like when he played Lincoln, like even when they cut – he was still pretending to act like Lincoln. He was just in that character's
4: head, yeah they, all the time the The directors of the boxer said he legit was better than a bunch of the people in his field in his weight class in legitimate professional
2: boxing right wow. by the time he was ready to film that movie. Mm-hmm.
4: That's so, amazing,
2: so I mean, just yeah, the, he's a guy who really does go like way above and beyond like like'cause there's method acting, and then I always think like there's method acting and then there's Daniel Day-Lewis above that cuz he just goes yeah. so all in on everything he does yeah. it is incredible and you know there's a lot of his stories of you know people fans or whatever you know they catch him in an airport <sighs> you know while in during the filming process and like he was a real jerk it's like but that's cuz that's the character that he's in and yeah he never drops no matter what yeah. yeah i'm a big
4: fan um it's it's one of my least favorite Scorsese movies Gangs of New York but he is by far the most redeemable part of that movie. And I love that movie. Actually, there's lots of fascinating stories about him on set for that movie, and how he was just a dick to people on set because he was so into that character.
1: Well, I yeah. saw that movie <clears throat> opening night at midnight, packed theater. Um, I'm a, I love Martin Scorsese. I think he only he's he only gets better with age, in my opinion. I think he gets better and better and better with each film. Um, I think his movies—they're long, but I—I I don't know. There's something. Uh, about, yeah, I don't know if I agree with those statements. I, I, well, <laughs> I—I I, want—that's my opinion, and I—I I, I think Goodfellas is a good movie, but I've seen yeah. Goodfellas is fantastic, but by the time you get to, um, Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. But what about? I mean, you just—you
4: just blank out on Shutter Island, like that's. <laughs>
1: Shutter, no, Shutter Island. It's not the best movie, but I, I'm I honestly feel like his movies. Uh, I'm trying to think of what other Scorsese film that he. I Gangs mean, of New York was I mean, after Goodfellas, and first time I saw Gangs of New York, that movie, I, I was it was twelve o'clock, it was midnight, and I'm watching the movie, and maybe maybe you're you're taking taking what I'm saying like a little too literal, literal, okay. I Did, could see that because what I'm, what I'm saying, Jake, is like some of the directors they have this they have like this energy, this spark when they first start directing, uh-huh. and this fire, and that fire kind of goes out the older they get. Yeah, I can I, can, I hear you, and there. I'm saying that Scorsese is still making great films,
4: passion it, projects too,
1: even in his old date. It, it's like. He gets better and better all the time. I'm not saying, like, each movie progressively gets better. Like, okay, I got Let's you. look at his filmography and, like, yeah, this one's a seven. No, no, no. Eight, I'll co-sign
4: nine. that. I, I mean, I'm a huge Scorsese fan, too, and he definitely always, whether I like the movie or not, like, his passion for doing the movie is... Apparent,
1: yeah, and yeah. He, and he's still he's still making great shit. I've seen a lot of directors just over time get worse and worse and worse with age, and yeah. and he just has this fire, and he's and he's so he 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 never like he's a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. Um, you know him him and Tarantino are the same way. Like if they had their way, they, they would only put out a movie once every ten years because they they always are thinking of something that they want to add to the movie, mm-hmm. like they're so creative that like when the movie's already out there, um, they don't do it. They, they would love to add things to those films. Right. Lucas, George Lucas does it. Yeah. <laughs> but they would love to add things to those films, but they can't because it's already out there. And they're, the, I think they're like, they're their own worst critic. Oh yeah. Scorsese's been putting that Ramones biopic together
4: for years. Like yeah. I was just yeah. Googling about that and it's still in the works. Yeah. It's just, he's still compiling all the information and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah. So
2: I'd, I'd say, Ryan, what you were referring to is that like a lot of directors, yeah, they, you know, they'll have they in movie to movie. There'll be sometimes ups and downs, but as they get older, they'll like they, they drop lower each time and don't quite rise. Yeah, back they, they, up. they but never. he goes the opposite way where right. the peaks are getting higher and higher each time.
1: They they can't recapture that old glory. You know, yeah.
2: I, they can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I, I mean, I, I'm 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 seeing it with Michael Mann. Yeah, Michael and, Mann's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. I, I'm seeing it with Michael Mann, and I, you know, and I I. Daniel Day Lewis, Michael Mann, Last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. my favorite Daniel Day Lewis performance. Um, that's my favorite Daniel Day Lewis movie, by the way. I, I that's saw it in the goody. theater. Amazing film. Um, the movie, if it comes out today, you've got people saying they're whitewashing. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> that, thank God mm-hmm. it came out in 92. Yeah. Nobody gave a shit back then. Mm. I'm not saying that we shouldn't give a shit now, people. I'm just saying <laughs> it was a great movie. Still is a great movie. Um, and I loved it. I mean, when they blew up Fort Henry, I think it was Fort Henry, in that film, like, they built that fort. Mm. And they had one shot to blow it up. Yep. You fuck up this shot, <laughs> If you know, if, if Michael Mann fucks up this shot, if they don't get it, or if the... Uh, if, if only half of it blows up and the other half doesn't, they're fucked. And, 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 that when that fort blew up, it was, it was an awesome, um, uh, practical effect. It was awesome. Um, just a, an amazing film. And Gangs of New York, I saw it the first time at midnight. I was tired as fuck. I left the theater, hated it. Yeah. Went back, watched it on home video, and I love that movie now. I, I think that movie is fantastic because it's such a, such a weird, such a weird uh part in america's history and like like the um the you know the melting pot of america is wasn't really a melting pot it was just it's such a weird movie there's some really great stuff
4: about it it's just they the music's some, great yeah, i love it they made some really weird creative choices in it so oh, i, I just it. don't kind of like it
1: i i love it i think it's a tupperware now I, I yeah love
4: i'm, I'm with you on that yeah. i love that movie yeah it's like a low taste it for me and
3: uh I'm sitting here being a fucking douchebag because I didn't really realize that I've only ever seen Last of the Mohicans, and that's honestly the only movie of his that I've seen. Lincoln? Did not see it. Uh, it, it but as I was looking through his filmography, there's a lot of movies like that and Gangs in New York yeah. that I always was like, oh, I need to get to that, and I never had time to sit down and, and watch. There Will Be Blood? Yep. Yeah, I never watch watched really that
2: good. today. But that's on the list, too. So...
3: But I mean he he is good. The reason why I watched Mass of the Mohicans is because uh the high the school we went to, our senior year, that was the show was Mm -hmm. music from Last of the Mohicans. So I watched it to Mm -hmm. try to get the emotional balance of it for the, the piece, so
1: his, oh yeah, that's interesting. Our listeners loved that.
4: <laughs> his filmography is very interesting. I mean, he's he's never really done a cameo in any movie yeah. whatsoever. He's never done any kind of comedic part whatsoever.
3: It's not loaded down either. Like you were saying, there's
1: lots of gaps in years from.
4: He took like a 15 year break at one point in his career. So.
1: Oh, I, I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I just know that everything I've ever seen him in, it just Fantastic. I think he's. Yeah. A, I think he was a great actor. I don't. I hope there's nothing health wise going on behind the scenes, and maybe he just wants to, you know, spend time with his family. He could just be like, uh, I've done all I need to do in acting. I guess. You yeah. Know? Go on I, on top. Fuck it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's unfortunate. I was always I always look forward to Daniel Day Lewis movies because it uh, it almost felt like it was. An event and, and for me it felt like an event. Like, it was
4: an event, man. That's it, because it was so few and far between. Yeah. For
1: mm-hmm. me it was always an event with him and it was like, um, when he took on something, you knew he took it on for a reason and you knew whatever character he was going to do, he was going to do the character justice. Uh, Lincoln, a lot of people were like, what's up with the voice? Why is it high and squeaky? Well, go back and if you, <laughs> That's, that's, that's what true. they said his voice was mm-hmm. like. It, it wasn't this Borscht score, this mm-hmm. Bill and Ted, party on, dudes. You know, it wasn't <laughs> that bullshit. It was actually, it was, you know, but, um, I, Lincoln was, <laughs> that's a, that's a great movie. Uh, Lee Pace, um, who played Ronan? Ronan, yeah, yeah, he was in that
2: movie. He <laughs> was Spielberg a, directed that, right? Ryan yes. Spielberg.
1: Look at the list of fucking yeah. directors that.
4: That's
2: what I was. That about he worked with yeah. man, man Spielberg, Scorsese. Scorsese, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a who's who right there. Yeah, his
4: last movie is a Paul Anderson movie, right?
1: What was his last movie? It's
4: not out yet. It's his upcoming final movie. Is it's the guy that did freaking like Boogie Nights and Magnolia? Oh, wow. P. T. Anderson, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And that looks really fascinating too. What's the so you,
1: What's the movie about?
4: Ah, oh, fuck! It's they've been very vague about it. They always are with with his movies, but they just revealed the title like a couple weeks yeah. ago.
3: Yeah, IMDb doesn't even have it credited to him yet.
4: It, mm-hmm. What does it say? Uncredited P, or Untitled P T Anderson movie?
3: Uh, well, I mean, you're using the app, so like the last thing he's listed for is Lincoln.
1: All right, guys, you guys figure that shit out, and uh, we're gonna take <laughs> a, another fucking break, and we'll be right back.
6: Greetings, Leftover Army. Pop Culture Leftovers is the people's podcast. They're always looking for new writers and YouTube reviewers to join the team because they themselves aren't talented enough to write them. In all honesty, they're not even sure Frank can read. But their listeners can. So send your reviews to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com and if the leftovers like it, they'll contact you and you could see your article featured on popcultureleftovers.com. Thank you.
2: Oh, yeah. Leftover Army. You should follow the leftovers on Instagram at Instagram.com slash pop culture leftovers. And on Tumblr at pop culture leftovers If you get a few shots of vodka in you, it's almost as sexy as my voice. That's gangster.
1: All right. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah. All right, uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into some Marvel news. I, we, I thought we were page unresponsive. What the fuck is going on? here?
4: No Marvel news. It looks like. All right, uh, hold on. On to DC.
1: Marvel news. <laughs> News. Uh, issues this episode. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, page unresponsive. Tough. Fuck that page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to get rid of it so I don't have to look at it. Jeez. <laughs> Fuck this episode. <laughs>
3: Title Error 404 Content Not Found.
1: Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, guys, I've got some quotes from Edgar Wright on why he left Ant-Man from an interview with Variety. Nice. Edgar Wright, uh, yeah, I've been wondering about this for a long yeah. time. He mm-hmm. says, uh, the most diplomatic answer is, I don't like the way that starts, just no. give mm-hmm. me the fucking real shit, Edgar. You know, Edgar Wright, I knew this kind of stuff. This stuff always seems to come out before a uh, director comes out with a new movie. Baby Driver comes out this week. I think it uh, comes out Tuesday. Yeah, weird. Another Wednesday release. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you're going to get your Tuesday 7 o'clock showing. And uh, Edgar Wright, of course, they're asking him in interviews, you know, what happened with Ant-Man? And, you know, you, you got you got these press junkets and media junkets and things like that. And so... He talked with the media, talked with Variety. He said, the most diplomatic answer is, uh, I wanted to make a Marvel movie, but I don't think they really wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. Hmm. I was the writer-director on it, and then they wanted to do a draft without me. And having written all my other movies, that's a tough thing to move forward, suddenly becoming a director for hire on it. You're sort of less emotionally invested, and you start to wonder why you're there, really. So uh based on these statements um I don't know it it it's one of those things where we have seen Marvel you know <laughs> upset different directors in the past but we've also seen on the flip side James Gunn be able to both write and direct both Guardians movies right what what was Edgar Wright wanting to do with Ant-Man that Marvel had to step in And just ask him to be what he's, what he quoted, a director for hire. Like, what's going on here? What, what is he gonna fuck up so bad with Ant-Man? Yeah, such a legacy character
5: that everyone was
1: like. (laughs) And then then, we're gonna talk about Star Wars later and the Ron Howard and the the Mm -hmm. Christopher Lord and the Phil Miller stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, We're gonna talk about that, that later. But that's Star Wars. This is Ant-Man. Yeah, Yeah. who has no cinematic legacy. This is not Han Solo. This is zero cinematic legacy. Right. What was Edgar Wright's vision on writing this movie? Was it because it didn't tie into other things within the MCU? I know there's not a lot, but, like... You've got that – uh whatever that particle the, universe the is. The Falcon stuff. Yeah, yeah, the Falcon stuff. I mean – but did you really have to have that in the movie? I mm. mean did you really have to have Falcon – be the guy to introduce him to, and we're just speculating and guessing, but like, did you have to have Falcon be the guy that introduces them to the rest of the team? Or can the team find out about Ant-Man just through like, maybe, I don't know what's, uh, maybe like a news article or like TV coverage or something. I don't see that as being so vital. I feel like Marvel has learned from this
4: experience, though. I feel like they've learned a little bit of tact, you know? I don't think they would pull that shenanigans at this point. Like, we're just going to rewrite your movie, and you're the writer-director that
1: we hired? I mean, that seems kind of wild. Well, this movie was in development way before even Iron Man. Like, you know, Edgar Wright, this was a passion project for him, and Mm -hmm. he really wanted to do Ant-Man. And he was wanting to usher this movie in probably even before Iron Man. And it was just one of those things where it just kept getting put off and put off and put off. I, Ant-Man was actually supposed to come out a lot earlier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He said yeah, he'd legit. Legitimately...
2: phase one movie, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It was
4: supposed to be a phase one, I believe. He said he'd worked on it for about a year mm-hmm. before he got shit canned. Yeah. And
1: then they bring in, was it Peyton Reed?
4: That's correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So uh, what do you, what do you think? I mean, Jake, in the past we've sided with Marvel I'm flip flopping, man.
4: I need to hear more. I think this is yeah. this isn't until I want to hear both sides, and it'll be hard hard to hear what uh, he says. It may
3: be a situation where like there's not a good guy and a bad guy, just a real bad fit. Like it wasn't a good thing for either side. That's yeah.
4: a pretty shady move to hire a guy yeah. that has a very unique artistic style. We're, we're not, and,
1: yeah, we're not talking very unique, yeah, style. yeah. right.
4: And then to just go, hey, we're going to rewrite your script without you even creatively involved, I'd be a little bit pissed and off. And this
1: here. isn't Doug Lyman coming out and saying, I have no connection to anything Gambit. This is Edgar Wright really wanting to bring this character to the big screen. And this is like he's wanting to do this. The most obscure character. Mm-hmm. Before Guardians, you know, like, he was working on this before Guardians. Right. Guardians came out before this movie. But, like, this is the most obscure character to date. Like, even Iron Man was more well-known than Ant-Man. It's true. And people, you know, Ant-Man was kind of like a joke when people were talking about that movie coming out. It was kind of like the Aquaman joke Mm -hmm, that we have today with DC. And it felt like Edgar Wright, I honestly feel like ant-man for me is still a taste that i feel like if edgar wright i think edgar wright i, I mean I, I feel like it would have been one way or the other yeah a- absolutely yeah. like it, it could either be a tupperware or a toss it um I, I i think edgar wright is a fucking brilliant director i really yeah, do i and agree I, actually. and i think baby driver looks fantastic it does and I can't wait to see it and I can't wait to talk about it next week.
2: Yeah. Yeah. my thought on this whole thing cuz I mean what you said there in that article doesn't that's nothing really particularly new. I mean that's just a more elaborate way of saying, you know, we split over creative differences, but uh going but There's a good chance that because the fact that originally this was one of the ones that was in the earliest production, like before the MCU really started, it was going to be a phase one, you know, originally, and so it had been working on such a long time. Mm -hmm. I feel that when they hired him, you know, I mean, that that was when they were really trying new things. Yeah, like now, now they're not. Quite as much guardians as a different is the the exception as opposed to you know they got Favreau to do the first two Iron Man movies that's a off beaten path choice at the time at least so I feel like when they hired him initially to do it you know they weren't sure it was how well all this was going to pan out and they were kind of letting people do at the time early on kind of steer the ship however they wanted to but once things started panning out and you know Phase One started. Getting momentum pretty quickly, and then Avengers happens, and it all pays off, and it works out. You know, the studio now has a lot more clout for themselves about what direction and Feige does of where they want it to go. And I would wager at that point is where the the clashing of what they wanted to do with it, with part of it probably being you know they wanted more ties to the universe that Edgar Wright didn't have in it or definitely didn't want to do in it, and it, you know tone differences probably and various other things. So I think it was a matter of just. Over time, with the success growing within the cinematic universe, that made it more of a conflict than it was at the start of it.
1: Why can't you just do a bottle movie like they did with Guardians and have, you know, I mean, why do you have to have Ant Man directly tie in with everything else in the universe? And
4: even if that is true, why wouldn't you approach Edgar and try to see if he could work that in in his own screenplay before just completely behind his back rewriting his script, you know?
2: right? I agree with you. I mean, I think they still still should have let him. I'm just saying I think that's probably how it went down. But, yeah, I I agree that, yeah, at that point, if he's been working on it that long behind the scenes and everything, let him finish. And especially, you know, as you guys are saying, Ant-Man isn't Captain America. He's not Thor the Hulk. He's not, you know, a big... Named guy. I mean, obviously, he has a long history in comic books, but in terms of like popular notoriety, he's pretty far down on the list there, to the C D list or whatever. So yeah, like where there's not really a you're not risking anything by doing. Well, that. he's That's
1: saying. I mean, in this quote, he's saying I, I don't think they really wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie.
4: Yeah. Right. So he was going to do some interesting Edgar Wright stuff. Right. He was going to. Creatively push the boundaries in a way that a Marvel movie hadn't done yet. They right. probably did not like it. Yeah, yeah
1: but like why I don't why
4: know. Why gun and not write?
1: do they yeah. I mean, see that's a thing with an Edgar Wright movie is he has a vision. I mean Scott Pilgrim. I I love that movie. Yeah, love oh that Scott movie Pilgrim's too. so great. And he has a vision and he gives you something different. And just like the Marvel comic books, you get something different out of each book, and I feel like with when you get like what he's saying director for hire on these movies you kind of get like the same house MCU feel mm-hmm. in some of yeah. them and mm-hmm. I kind of felt like the Thor movies kind of went that way like oh with Alan Taylor yeah. hired on yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> well, know, you know the first Thor the second Thor I mean you know it, it, I, as much as well, I Well the first
4: one at least they got Kenneth Broaden I, yeah, I feel like yeah, he but brought it, something to the table yeah
1: but like, there's nothing you're not re- reinventing the wheel with that movie yeah. at all no. I, I, I there's 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 nothing uh, that stands out to me and says, oh, wow, that, you know, I I can't believe the bold choice they made there. They gave us the fish out of water stuff, which I thought they did Mm -hmm. did really well. And Loki was good. But you know what? Tom Hiddleston didn't blow up until Avengers, guys. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I I don't know. I, I feel like when he says, I don't think they really wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. I don't know if that, if he's directly talking about. You know, uh, incorporating this film into the other MCU stuff, or they don't like him artistically in this universe. I feel like that's what it was. Yeah, right? yeah. when he says Edgar Wright movie, <clears throat> yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense.
3: And really, even though, like, there's things that, okay, like, let's say I don't like Doctor Strange, at least it does feel unique in and of itself. Like, it, it exists in that universe, yeah. but it doesn't feel like all the other films.
1: I think, I honestly, I think that this movie could have been great. Had he been given the opportunity to direct it, we saw what James Gunn, a guy oh, yeah. with vision, a guy with ambition, yeah. did with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that I I personally would have loved to have seen Edgar Wright's version of Ant-Man.
4: Yeah, and if it's oh, good, absolutely. you'll figure out a way to connect
3: it to the shit later. Yes. Does it feel yeah. anybody else like Marvel, the MCU's kind of gone through a period like in the mid-range there where this came up? Where they got a little uptight about their shit, like so concerned about the expanded universe that they were trying too hard. I agree, Frank. A little bit.
2: That's what you know, I was saying. right With little milk toast.
4: Yeah, they've learned from this. I, I think they learned a little bit of tact in mm-hmm. dealing yeah. with future directors,
3: and they're definitely yeah, but, cashing the checks that guns right. Oh, for they've them.
1: definitely learned something with dealing <laughs> with directors because now they're hiring guys like uh, John Watts, yeah, who's mm-hmm. done nothing. The, uh, that, you know, I is it Favreau even warming back up to him? He's in – he's, he's 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 in – I think he's a producer. He's on a producer level and he's in the new Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's coming back around and I mean – but that has to do with a lot of his relationship with Disney and doing the Jungle Book and then, you yeah, know, totally. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. It's – I don't know if the guy like Ike Perlmutter had anything to do with Jon Favreau's problems, but – Honestly, I'm gonna say that it was Feige that was part of the Iron Man two fiasco with you know all the things going on in that yeah, movie. That was the first movie where they really tried to blow up the whole
4: idea of the M C like expanded the Marvel Center. I know universe. I'm just talking yeah.
1: about the origin story Oh I'm not disagreeing went, with you, I completely agree. Of what went wrong with Favreau. So yeah. yeah. You know, but yeah, I think I think Favreau's kinda coming back and warming up to it. It's just, you know, I don't know. It's yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate we'll never get to see that what he, what yeah. Edgar Wright had for us,
2: which I would have enjoyed because I'm yeah. always a person where I'm I'm more willing to see like an ambitious failure than a middling success.
4: Yeah, he would have just yeah. had a
2: lot. Of, I, I'm sure he had a lot of interesting ideas
4: with how to film the power and the mm-hmm. whole I, the, the concept of shrinking. Yeah. and all yeah. that kind of stuff. I'm sure he would have really just. That's some really interesting stuff.
1: All we know that he did is like that one, uh, that leaked footage that they gave us mm-hmm. of like the, oh, two, right. the two guards in the hallway. And then he shrunk down on top of like one of the guy's guns. Yes. And punched him or something. And then like. Yeah, he, that's more or less yeah. in the movie and yeah. the finished product. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that was something that Edgar Wright had come up with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that was and part I mean, of, that was sorry. part of his filmed sizzle reel that he had, you know, wanted to get people excited about. When I think it was the, it was one. I think it might have been the same year as the Iron Man trailer, or at least the year after, where they showed that at San Diego Comic Con. That that yeah, that it footage.
2: Was a long time ago. Mm, yeah.
1: Uh, guys, let's move into some Spider-Man news. Uh, it was found out this week uh, that even though Kevin Feige had come out and said that Venom and Black Cat and Silver Sable films would not be a part of the MCU, uh, Sony's Amy Pascal has different plans. Uh, she recently said in, in an interview that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is set in the same universe as Tom Hardy's Venom, as well as the Black Cat and Silver Sable film. She talks about the off films being adjuncts to the MCU. Separate movies that have tangible attachments to those movies, but don't officially become parts of the same movies. So basically what she's saying here is in the Venom film or the Black Cat film, we're not going to hear about Captain America or Iron Man or Thor or Hulk. Mm-hmm. But in the Spider-Man movies, he can talk about them, and he can also show up. Spider Man can also show up in a Venom or a uh, or the Black Cat and Silver Sable films. Yeah. So it's this is good news, kind of. Yeah, it, 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 people are kind of like blowing this up a little bit more. Than, I, I, agree, yeah, I agree. Really, what what she said, Kevin Feige. Um, everybody talks about the confusion on his face. I think that he's hanging on every word, hoping she doesn't say the wrong thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Because
3: now he's married to that shit.
1: Yes. That they do. (laughs) And I think she said it the right way. I think people are hearing it wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's basically Venom, the Venom film, the Black Cat films, they won't have... Marvel superheroes from right. the MCU showing up in there. Don't you're not going to get Falcon showing up in the Black Cat Silver Sable movie. No, but it does give me more
4: hope to know that they can reference Spider-Man because that was one yes, of the things yeah. that was really yes. fucking with my head. Yes,
3: I mean it. it it's even more heartening to know that he could show up in those films because how can you have a Venom movie without Spider-Man?
1: Well, see, here's the thing. We've already heard this Venom film could be rated R, Yeah, that they're going for that R rating. Mm. How do you go from that R rating with Tom Hardy <laughs> and then tell Tom Hardy, we're going to switch you over to this PG-13 movie? Now, I, I'm not telling you that Tom Hardy won't do a PG-13 film. He's doing Dunkirk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying he's opposed to doing a PG-13 movie. I'm just saying, like, how... How is this tonally you gotta imagine that these it's gotta hard. be two different films, mm-hmm. yeah, the venom movie, if we are getting hard r and it's coming out in October, you know, I mean if we're getting an r rated violent fucking venom film, you know, which they're talking about carnage showing up in it now if we're doing that and and then he's gonna show up in uh you know. Uh, Peter Parker's getting his driver's license and now. Right. You know, <laughs> it's weird. You know, He's on we, his
4: first date. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it takes it from like that, you know, that hard R that we think we're getting. Yeah.
4: Then don't make Venom a hard
1: R movie. Well, that's, that's, that's what I'm, that's what, like, that's okay. That's what it feels like now. Yeah. You know, um, I
4: hmm. they're going to have to pull back Venom's not Deadpool. Like, it, it doesn't need to be, uh, an R-rated Venom movie.
1: Right? Well, you've always gone back and said Deadpool doesn't need to be R-rated, and, and 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 in many ways you're right, Jake. If you're taking comic book Deadpool and you turn that character into a movie, we're looking at PG-13 at the most. Yeah. But if you want to do a Deadpool movie and you want to make it stand out over the fucking shit that we've gotten in the past.
4: Oh, yeah, and you kind of nailed my sentiment
1: exactly. Yeah. It's
4: not that I ever said they shouldn't make an, Deadpool, right. an R-rated Deadpool movie. Yeah. It's that it's the character isn't necessarily...
1: And the character of Venom, when you take it in the comic book pages, if it's not in the Ultimate Universe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you put him into a movie, you can do that R-rating, though, I think. And I think you can make it uh stand out over the other movies to make it that r rating and do something different with it but if you're going to introduce spider-man into this universe you kind of pull back on that a little bit because now you're dealing with you know i don't want an r-rated spider-man film but i also don't want to see a pg-13 i don't want to see an r-rated venom and then see them pull back with a pg-13 you don't want to see something created and then diluted yes exactly Right, and I feel like yeah, a lot no, of no, no. That, yeah. oh, hold on, hold on, Hopner. Uh, yeah. It made me think of something here real quick. They did this with RoboCop.
3: Yes, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We
1: got two. We got two RoboCop movies. We got Paul Verhoeven's RoboCop. Then we got Frank. Uh, Frank Miller did the second and the third one. He directed the third one, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah he wrote it. He uh, he, uh, yeah. Um, I think he wrote it. He, Verhoeven yeah. did the second one, and Frank Miller yeah. wrote the second one. Okay, and he wrote the third one. Yes. But the third one, what they did was they took it from an R rating from the first two, and they made it a PG-13 rating. And we got a diluted – we got Robocop hanging out with kids, and they strapped a Rocketeer jetpack on him. (laughs) And that movie was garbage. I saw it once when it came out, and I was done. And right. the
2: Ed 209 being reprogrammed to be as harmless as a puppy. Mm. Robocop yeah. fights mm. Samurai in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? They how- done other, they've done that with other things too. Uh, Alien vs. Predator. The first one was a yeah. PG 13 from two R rated franchises. Yeah. Oh, Expendables reason. did that. Die Hard. Yeah. yeah most recently, uh, Expendables. Mm-hmm. And Die Hard has done and it yeah, now. You yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the. I've, I mean, there's so much about, like, rumor mills and, you know, contradictory stuff, this whole Venom uh, movie and everything, that I'm, I'm kind of still, like, let's wait to see if it actually... any of it actually happens. Because they always are talking about, you know, spin off movie this and whatever and guest star this and whatnot. So I'm always kind of just, like, let's wait to see, for, like, principal photography to start and then I'm going to believe it's happening. But I feel like... Uh, they're probably – their want to push for an R rating for a uh, Venom movie is probably because of the carnage angle because they think that, oh, well, you know, he's a psychopath with the symbiote, you know, uh, merged with him and he just – you know, he eviscerates people left and right. So we really want to show the carnage of carnage and all that. So, but, yeah, it's not necessary.
1: I, and it's Tom Hardy,
2: you know? Yeah. I mean it's
1: Tom Hardy. Like I, I, for some reason – for me, Tom Hardy, the way – less is more with that guy. Like, yeah. wh- and what I mean by that is, like, he can give you – and I saw – I watched Taboo, and I loved him in that, you know, and his performances. He doesn't have to always say a lot. Yeah. It's written on his face.
2: Yeah, and, like, he's very good at, like, body language yes, and facial acting. Yes. Mm-hmm. You
1: get everything you need to from his face, I, I, and not a lot of actors can do that. A lot mm-hmm. of actors have to talk, over talk, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh over animate themselves, you know. It yeah, you got Jim Carrey on one end and you got Tom Hardy right. on the other.
3: <laughs> <laughs> one of his uh favorite films of mine is uh Warrior. Warrior is
1: so fucking yeah. god. Yes. That, that you know, and, and that's the thing, Frank, is like I feel like an R rated um an R rated Venom film, an R rated Eddie Brock, is gonna be awesome. Yeah. You know, cool? so I, 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 that's with Tom Hardy in the role. I, I just, I don't know. I just, I don't want to see Tom Hardy PG 13 and have to take it back. I mean, this is the same guy that like a few weeks ago went on a car chase and chased down some kids that stole like a car or a moped. And this is true. Oh, no, he, he, not- he, I think they stole a moped or a motorcycle or something. And he caught one of the kids that did it. Took him up to the cop and said I caught the cunt. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> Fucking Tom Hardy's amazing. <laughs> He's a real life hero. You know that I, no, I I want I He want, walks the walk. I like R-rated Tom Hardy. I want him to be <laughs> as badass <laughs> as possible. But it's it's the Venom it's it's the whole Spider-Man being introduced into the Venomverse or Spider-Verse or whatever yeah. you
4: want. I just don't, I don't like the whole way this is being done. I would prefer Venom be introduced naturally in a Spider-Man movie before we have a Venom solo movie. That just to me yeah, the whole yeah. thing's ridiculous yeah I don't so know i could I could live without any of it,
1: but it's uh, that's the thing Sorry, it's like you get you get Tom Hardy in the role
4: they it doesn't change my mind I'd rather just have venom no
1: i I'm I'm, I'm 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 being studio Brian right now <laughs> yeah. I'm being Brian. studio Brian and I'm thinking about the studio and I'm thinking about Sony saying we got our guy and this is how we got our guy we got our guy because we're gonna give him his movie yeah and see what we, you know yeah. see what he can do with it so it's weird
4: that that's what Tom Hardy wants to do is. Bastardize well, the Spider-Man universe. Be
1: suicide I don't think he wants to do that. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think Tom Hardy wants to bastardize <laughs> the Spider-Man universe. You know, that's what it feels like from my corner. No, I, I, absolutely. I I don't know, man. I just he, there's I don't think he takes a project unless he has something that he feels like he can do for it. Especially creatively, he's a creative guy, and I feel like he thinks he can bring something to it. I it's yeah. just weird you're, you have a character with spider-man
4: symbol on your chest and you're introduced in a movie by yourself it, it just does makes very little sense to me so
1: yeah I mean I don't know I I guess I'm a Tom Hardy fanboy well, I mean there's
4: no telling how much a
3: spider-man's gonna be in it either I mean mm-hmm. he could be referenced talked about still have venom be the main character but have like spider-man's impact in on him and stuff
1: i was like totally against all this like you know venom being a separate in a separate movie without spider-man and didn't think it could work at all and now they're saying he's going to be in the same universe and it's tom hardy so the i don't news, know. the news got a little bit better i agree with I that know. it's just it's one of those things where i'm kind of like intrigued and i'm I, I, I've got my fingers crossed, and I'm hoping for the best, okay. I'm trying to look at the positives that yes they've got Tom Hardy um if Tom Hardy thinks that this movie's gonna be shit, I think he'll bounce, yeah, I agree with that too.
2: Yeah, because he did that with Suicide Squad when they were doing yeah. re edits and rewrites. Yeah, and then everything. they got that was
1: a smart move for him. Oh, they got Joel, yeah, it really was. Yeah, but they got they got Joel Kinnaman, and I actually think that Joel Kinnaman was one of the best parts of Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> His character was one of the best parts. I thought him and Will Smith were the two best parts of that movie. Well, and, I
2: mean, so much
1: of it was bad, so... Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm trying to take away a, a couple silver linings. Yeah. And one yeah. of those silver linings, people, was not Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn for me, people. She wasn't good. <laughs> Sorry. Not in my opinion. She, Yeah, people, she looked good. She looked... Yeah, I can show you a ton of Harley Quinn cosplays that look good, too. <laughs> yeah. But on the flip side, I I can't quote anything she did in that movie that's not in the fucking trailer. It's not memorable. Right.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's and stupid. some of that stuff for I'm, the trailer isn't even in the movie. I'm
3: still hung up on the whole she didn't have the accent thing. Fuck off, Frank. Yeah, I
2: know <laughs> it's whatever.
3: For me, that's what fuck it sucked about that.
2: Fuck
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well,
4: I was gonna say
1: <laughs> fuck you, Frank, in an accent. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's that work? you. Yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. Until I see footage that wiles me though, I can't help but be I. I love Spider Man and I like the Venom Spider Man dynamic and that's what I want to see.
1: That well, they're that, they're promising you that.
4: Mm, yeah, but to do the Venom first is weird to me.
2: Well, I mean... It's that's... curious how they're going to do the origin without, like, if they don't show the origin, like, how they going to try to explain that. Yeah, it's it's super weird. Hmm. So, I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, all the time on this show we're saying, well, these movies, they don't always adapt from the comics, yeah, you know? Sure. And I mean, you know, I mean... We're always saying that and here we are saying like, well, you gotta do it just like they do in the comics.
4: Yeah, I'm not saying they have to do it just like they do it in the comics.
1: I know, but you're saying the introduction it has to be with Spider Man involved and things like that. I'm just saying I'm I I I know, one extreme to the other. I'm just saying like they're doing something different. Yeah. And yeah. we've seen how in the Avengers we got our Spider Man, you know, we got our Captain America film, our Thor film, we got our Iron Man film, and then, you know, then when they all came together, they're, Sony's kind of doing the same thing here. Oh, yeah. But they're giving us the. We're seeing, I think they're going to present Venom as an anti hero. He's going to be going against, uh, you know, uh, Carnage. And then. And Which then, that
4: whole idea makes me hate it even more.
1: And then we're going to see <laughs> him. Uh, battle battle spider-man in a future film and so we've already got it it, it, for me hopefully if this relationship with sony and tom hardy and the venom character if it all works out they're basically hopefully they're telling us that this is not going to be a one-off character that this is something that they have plans for you know that that they have more plans for venom it's just not going to be like one movie and done you know yeah yeah we'll see Because we're, I'm I'm skeptical. We're already, we're already finding out that uh, Michael Keaton's only signed one, signed for one picture in the MCU. Mm -hmm. So Vulture's going to be one and done. Yes. So it's like, how many one and done characters are we going to get in the MCU? I'm hoping that Sony's trying to right the wrongs here, and I I understand what you're saying, Jake. Like, you know, it's weird to see him in his movie by himself, but. Yeah, I
4: get it with Black Cat, I get it with Silver Sable. Like those are characters that can exist outside of the Spider Man mythos. But like Venom is like fucking fused to the Spider Man mythos. Just
1: doing, they're doing the same thing that they were gonna do before when Avi Arad was taking control of everything in this universe. They're setting up their Sinister Six. Yeah. There's still rumors that we're gonna get uh the Sinister Six set up. They're trying to do that here. And I, I mean I'm I've read a rumor from uh Vulture. Uh, not Vulture. I can't, who, who came out with this variety of Vulture? One of these, one of these publications came out with the spinoffs. They're talking about, of course, Silver, B- Silver and Black, the Silver Sable and Black Cat. But they're also talking about other projects. Here it is. Other projects will focus on Craven the Hunter and Mysterio. The idea, says a studio source, is to build out a world gradually rather than launch one immediately as they had been trying with Spider-Man villain ensemble Sinister Six, which has been shelved. So this is not like, this is the same idea of what they were trying to do with the Sinister Six, but they're, they're rolling out these characters one at a time. Yeah, and maybe that'll help
4: because, I mean, nothing says great comic book movie like having six villains. You know, maybe rounding them out in separate movies will actually make that formula work in the right. future. Yeah. Rather than just seeing like a big clusterfuck like <laughs> we've seen in other movies. Well,
1: and I, I think like maybe looking at what happened with Suicide Squad, as much money as it made, the audience reception wasn't well. And hopefully Sony kind of learned from that too. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I've got my fingers crossed that so what we're going to get is like the best of. Both those ideas, like I, f- so, I sound like I'm sorry. I, f- I sound like I'm fighting you on this. No bit. man, I I, I'm, I'm, I sound like I'm fighting too. But Spider Man's no, my favorite I, that's fucking what character. I
4: was say. Venom's
1: my favorite fucking Spider Man villain. Right. I, I don't want
4: to see this cheese dick shit.
1: Spider Man is my favorite Marvel hero. Okay, Spider Man is my favorite Marvel hero. Like Spider Man's the only Marvel hero that's made me cry when reading a book. Yeah, for okay? sure. So I I love I love Spider Man too. But I'm also hoping and praying that Tom Hardy can do something with this, that he can do something special with this. So I
3: uh, absolutely get with what Jake you're saying about uh, Venom really can't exist without Spider-Man because of the symbiote in his suit, all that. What I'm hoping that we get with it is even though it's titled Venom, that we still get Spider-Man in it, to help explain some of that, because I, I'd be really lost if they tried to jump in in the middle of it with them already existing.
4: Yeah, but that's the thing, but that's some of my favorite part of the story, and I don't, I don't want to see that fast forwarded through. Yeah, just either. so we can get to an R-rated Tom Hardy Venom vehicle. Yeah, yeah that makes my stomach sick, to be honest.
3: What I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, uh, even though it's not, he's not going to be introduced in a Spider-Man titled film. That there's going to be plenty of Spider-Man in Venom, but you're getting it from Venom's perspective. You know what I mean? Like, that he's there for the introduction that they don't... Yeah,
4: the way I read the scenario is we're going to get very minimal, if any, Tom Holland Spider-Man in the first Venom solo movie. I mean, yeah, I read I, it that same way, too. I don't. I don't have the facts, and that's not set in stone, <laughs> but that's the vibe I get from the reports of this project.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking, like, I didn't think we were going to get any Spider-Man in oh. Exactly. Yeah, see, that's hard. That's hard that's <laughs> to cut on. No, I, and I get it. It is weird. I mean, I've always thought it was weird from the get-go. The, uh, the, uh, it is weird. It, you, uh, you want some sort of a, a, a relationship with, you know, Peter in this character. Yeah, right. Exactly. But, I mean, look at Tom Holland is—he just turned 21. He's playing a 15, 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's not going to have much of a relationship with Tom Hardy, who's like 39, 40 years old. Yeah, he's around our age. It, yeah, so it's—I
4: it's, mean, my fear is just they don't—they don't care about what they care about is the popularity of Venom and capitalizing on that as fast as fucking possible. They don't, you know, that—that's their big concern. That's my problem with the whole thing. It's just like. Can't we? Can't Venom exist within Spider-Man? At least before they do all this stuff, I, I don't know. I'd rather it not even be involved with Spider-Man. I'd rather I'm starting to kind of backtrack on that. At first, I liked the news, but mm-hmm. if we're doing a Venom movie with no Spider-Man whatsoever, I'd rather it just never be involved with Spider-Man. I'd rather it just be its own standalone, cool thing.
1: Yeah, it is weird. It's like, why does he have the? Well we haven't seen what he's going to look like. We don't know if he's going to have the spider on his chest.
4: No, exactly. Oh wow. I, in fact, I think he probably won't. I why would he? Yeah. It
1: makes no sense to have the spider on your chest for this first movie if Spider-Man's not in the right. movie and they have no history.
3: So how are they going to do anything with Carnage with it?
4: It just spawns Carnage. You don't need you don't need Spider-Man for that. Right. The symbiote has a baby every 1000
1: years. I may be wrong about that. It may be 100. I don't remember. And that's that. There's uh, Carnage. If they make it R, they, if they do make it R, they need to make this a horror. They do need to make it a horror movie. And it needs to scare me. And also, yeah. but,
4: but I, I hate Carnage, too. Because I love Venom, like, when they introduce him, to oh, no, a no, scary I, yeah. fucking bad guy. No, and yeah. Carnage, like, basically neuters Venom. Exactly. And yeah. makes him, like, the good hero character. Yeah. And blah, vomit. No,
1: I agree with that. I've never been a big
4: Carnage fan, either. It's '90s ultra violence comic book bullshit.
1: Get the fuck <laughs> out of here with that. I think, I think like when I think about how they will do this movie, it just reminds me of Terminator Two.
2: Yeah.
1: Does that make sense? And I I'm, I see I'm talking, that. I'm talking about I'm talking about the T100 and the T1000. Yeah, oh, I okay. see that. You do
4: Venom at first as the villain, and then you make him the. Good guy when you need him to fight Carnage.
1: Yeah, basically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, well, and then you've got you've got like the the old version. Yeah.
4: And the yeah. new. Version. And then
1: the new version. Mm-hmm. And so like you know, ooh, Carnage is bigger and badder. You know. Right. Right. And not, I'm not talking about physically. Right. Yeah. I'm talking about power set. Well, even
3: then the guy that played right. the T1000 was small compared exactly. to Arnold.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping for the best. Yeah. I really am. I I've become like a big fan of Tom Hardy recently, like I mean, I've wanted to be good too. Yeah. Yeah. I know. It's it's weird. It does feel like, it feels like Sony's doing a lot of shit ass backwards. It really,
4: really, really does feel like square peg, round hole. Yeah. A lot of people have Venom tattoos and profile pictures, and they want their fucking movie now. Stop
1: talking about Ryan Mears. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone go listen to Comic Slobs. There you go. Um, Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, here's a rumor from uh, Bleeding Cool. Uh, they, uh, you know, Bleeding Cool is like right out of like... Uh, yeah, it's somewhere near us. Somewhere near us, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Bleeding Cool, not always the most trusted source in my opinion, though. Um, no. So this is from one of their sources. It's about the future of the Fantastic Four films. And they go on to say, Bleeding Cool is receiving reliably sourced information about a new Fantastic Four movie being developed at Fox Studios and while the most recent movie reinvented the fast Fantastic 4 as youngsters along the lines of the Ultimate Fantastic 4 comic book the movie swings to the other end of the spectrum instead it will this movie swings to the other end of the spectrum instead it will concentrate on Franklin and Valeria the children of Reed Richards and Susan Storm while still having the Thing and the Human Torch along for the ride Indeed, the whole movie will be kid-centric, with a vibe far more reminiscent of The Incredibles. In an instant, this will totally separate the movie from the previous failed attempt, but also mean there's no actual need for a reboot. And yes, we know this is full of generics, so how about something specific go on then? Blah, blah, blah. They said the current draft... Of the proposed new Fantastic Form, Fantastic Form movie is written by Seth Graham Smith. Mm-hmm. He's best known for uh, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, as well as Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Oh, vomit. Um, he was also, I think, the second director that left the Flash movie. Ooh. He rewrote he wrote the script of the flash movie based on the treatment by Phil Lord and Chris Miller and um, he was the second uh, as much as like they say like Phil Lord and Chris Miller weren't directing the flash movie it was everybody thought that they were oh yeah um, for as much as they say that they never were and then Seth Graham Smith took it on so I, I don't like Seth Graham Smith he also did the uh, Johnny Depp movie. Dark Souls. Oh, yeah. okay. Was it Dark Souls? What was that movie called? Like,
3: oh, shit. Um, wasn't it a remake of like an old 50s TV show?
1: 70s show. Dark I think. Dark shadows. Dark shadows. Yeah, Yeah. that was bad. I was was kind of
4: on board for what you were laying out until you got to who was writing the project. It kind of had a real future foundation vibe from the Hickman series.
1: I well, I Jake, I love the characters of Franklin and Valeria. Yeah, for sure. I love them, and they're they're fascinating characters. Really cool. Um, I don't, but it's bleeding cool. So yeah, and I'm not saying bleeding cool is like they're they're a good. News source, you know, for, especially for comics, but I don't know how reliable this information is. Yeah, I think you have to have a read
4: and sue you care about before you can do this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the, see, the, well, uh, that's the thing here though, is how many times is Fox Studios gonna try that mm. with the Fantastic Four? We, we've got, we got two movies. OK, before the Michael Chiklis, you know, back when Chris Evans was our human torch, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, Jessica Alba was our invisible woman. And then they did two movies there. The Trank movie was absolute crap. Mm. And so how many times are they going to try to reinvent these characters? I can kind of see like where the validity would be in this rumor is the fact that they're trying to do something different. Kids hanging out with thing and human torch. So now we got the rock monster and the, you know, the, the human torch. And now we've got kids and now we've got like different audience. This just seems like PG bullshit though. Yeah. Yeah. This seems like a, Uh they're not wanting to turn this. This says indeed the whole movie will be kid centric with a vibe far more reminiscent of the Incredibles guys. If I want to see a movie like that, I'll just watch the Incredibles.
4: Right. I was thinking you get fucking Robert Rodriguez to direct this thing. Like, it sounds like a
1: fucking lava girl and shark boy, or right, kids, right? Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And uh, the thing is, like, you know, Franklin and Valeria. Is, you know, uh, you can put these kids in these in 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 some really cool and fun, interesting situations. Oh, Hickman, one of the most serious comic book but, writers, did yeah.
4: so much with these characters, exactly.
1: And but you can put like Franklin in a in a situation where like it's like. And these characters should be dealing with like end of the world shit.
4: Yeah, for sure. Discovering new fucking yes. universes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like Franklin is fucking. He's he is he is he in is he in canon? Smarter than than Reed? Now uh, now? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Or or is he more... He's more powerful. Because
4: the time is just so slow in in the Marvel Universe. I don't think so.
1: Not yet. Well, he's got one of the most brilliant minds. He's more powerful. More powerful. Yeah. So... But not smarter. Yeah. I was trying to think... Well, they've already said that... Didn't they say Riri Williams, the new Iron Man, is smarter than Reed now? Oh, yeah. So they change shit all the time. So... But... I don't know. I, I... I love the characters in Franklin Valeria. I'd love to see them in a movie. I just don't want to see this guy, this writer on it. And, you know, I don't want them to go for an Incredibles tone when I can watch The Incredibles. Wait for Incredibles 2. That's coming. Brad Bird's Mm. coming back. He's doing part 2. So, um, yeah, also just so you know, Seth Graham Smith did some script polishing on the Josh Trank movie. So Mm. hopefully that makes you feel a little bit better about it. (laughs) Uh yeah, we're going to uh move on into Star Wars news now. Oh, no DC voices. Shut the fuck up, Hotner, the bumpers playing. What's Denise saying? You were supposed to be here.
4: Shut what the fuck, Hotner? Hey, we talked about Suicide Squad for a moment, so get past it. <laughs> Jesus, man! He stepped so his game up for interrupting us, the to interrupting the
1: bumpers. No, when we when we go quiet for a long time, Hoppner, and you can't hear nothing. Yeah. That's us. Uh, no, no. Star Wars news ties in that DC news. If you got to know, all right. Okay. Jesus, I can't. I can't just run to my fucking show. <laughs> I can't. No, you can't just blindly follow me, can you, Hoppner?
2: Uh, apologies about that my bad but also because when we get the star wars news i was gonna hop off anyway oh you you didn't want to talk about uh ron howard well because i'm trying to stay blind to everything uh star wars right now until december all right just get the fuck off hopner of the- yeah. <laughs> hop on out of here hopner yeah,
1: hop along Obner. yeah
2: all right guys all right <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you all later. No, Have no, Hotner.
1: Hey, thanks for joining us. I really appreciate it. You brought some great shit tonight. Um yeah, and no problem. People still can look forward to talk uh, to hearing you uh, in our Transformers <laughs> review that Frank has spoiled the fuck out of. <laughs> exactly. Um, but Hopner, where can where can people get more uh, uh, Hotner in their life again?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean the podcast, something something nostalgia. Uh, we're on iTunes. Uh, Website somethingnostalgia dot com. Twitter at SS nostalgia. Then um, you guys can find me on the leftover army page, you know, by we, we talk, everybody kind of comments on the sections and everything in there. So yeah. Uh, uh, look forward. Uh, the episode I'll be posting tomorrow will be the season three and four of transformers G one. Uh, we're going to be pretty soon here doing an episode of talking about Marvel comics versus DC comics. Uh so yeah look forward to that. Are you, oh Marvel versus DC like the current shit coming out or
1: just overall? Uh
2: it's probably more of the more current shit cuz uh we got uh, I got uh two friends that are really big into comics like you guys, yeah. Once a DC fan, once a Marvel fan. So no. Wow. DC's doing really
1: good right now as <laughs> far in, in the <laughs> comics. I don't know. It's it's one of those things too. Like they yeah, they find they're beating out Marvel and selling issues recently. So yeah.
2: Wow. Will be an interesting conversation. So look for look to the, for that coming up here pretty soon. All right, yeah, get, get
1: the fuck out of here, huh?
2: man. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. No later. DC news. See you <laughs> later. Later. later on, man. All right, yeah,
1: guys. So uh let's see here. I thought this was interesting. Uh, Colin Trevor, uh, Colin Trevorrow, the director for Star Wars Episode Nine, was talking to the Happy Sad Confused podcast. Um, that he brought in episode eight, the last Jedi director, Ryan Johnson, to direct a scene for his movie, episode nine. He said, There was one little thing. It wasn't an adjustment. It was just, could you shoot this one extra thing while you're in this place on this day? And he did, which was great. But you know, it's part of the collaborative process that exists. Everyone is in communication. There's such a genuine want to get this right ev- from everybody, and I think that is one of the misconceptions is that there's some kind of great corporate overlord that is dictating this story to everybody <laughs> and company man right yeah wow, this really ties in with what we're <laughs> going to be talking about uh, yeah he says uh, I think there's this misconceptions uh, is that there's some sort sort of great corporate overlord that is dictating this story to everybody, and that's what's it's going to be because that's going to sell the most toys the reality of it is that it's a small group of people but it's actually you know kind of large when you think about it and none of them are corporate all of them are creatives and all of them are genuinely very sincerely wanting to do work of their li- uh doing to do the work of their lives in order to realize this so basically uh a couple things here that he's talking about he had Ryan Johnson's shoot a scene For him, for episode nine, because he thought it would just be convenient for his film, because Ryan was apparently already there in this place, I guess this location that he kind of, I guess that he wants for episode nine. Makes sense. And then, uh, but then he goes on to talk about the, you know. Kind of kind of becomes company man there.
4: Yeah, we all, we all talk to each other and let each other know what everyone's developing and doing. Right, right. We just out. want what's best for Star Wars. Well,
1: I think there was a lot of talking in this next story, but I honestly think that there's uh, people talking and the other side wasn't listening. Mm-hmm. So on both sides. I think both sides were talking and both sides were not listening to each other. Um, Yeah, Han Solo lost its directors. Lucasfilm came out with this statement. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller are talented filmmakers who have assembled an incredible cast and crew. But it's become clear that we had different creative visions on this film and we've decided to part ways. A new director will be announced soon. Bill Lord and Chris Miller had their own statement. Unfortunately, our vision and process weren't aligned with our partners on this project. We normally aren't fans of the phrase creative differences, but for once this cliche is true. We are really proud of the amazing and world-class work of our cast and crew. Um, This picture has been shooting in London since February. They were three weeks away from rapping. Yeah. And now I think they're several weeks away. Yeah. Um, uh, it doesn't look like okay, of course we get everybody knows Ron Howard. Mm-hmm, mm. Ron Howard um taking over the picture. He's not gonna be able to start till July sometime. Um and let's talk about let's talk about these creative differences, okay? Uh Bunch of different news sources. We got Variety. They say that, um, let's see here. Phil Lord and Chris Miller's reputations for writing irreverent poppy films such as 21 Jump Street and the Lego movie helped the hot right. The the uh, white hot writing and directing duo land one of the most coveted gigs in Hollywood, a chance to call the shots on Star Wars, uh, on a Star Wars film. <laughs> no, they didn't get they didn't get to call the shots. No, but their, <laughs> but their chance to put their stamp on the galaxy far, far away collapsed on Tuesday with the stunning announcement that the pair would be departing the still untitled Han Solo spinoff movie in the midst of production. Their exit comes after months of conflict with producers Kathleen Kennedy others from her Lucasfilm team and co-writer and executive producer Lawrence Kasdan, and the two directors hired to infuse the Star Wars universe with a tongue-in-cheek sensibility. Miller and Lord were stunned to find that they were not being granted freedom to run the production in the manner that they were accustomed to. They balked at Kennedy's tight control on the set. A person with knowledge of the production said that the chemistry between the directors and Kennedy was never right, it was a culture clash from day one. She didn't even like the way they folded their socks, the source said. <laughs> Sounds what? like a very toxic relationship. Damn. I was reading the same stuff. Source said that while Lord and Miller were supposedly hired for their vision and distinctive brand of filmmaking, when it came to the Star Wars production, Kennedy did not approve of their shooting style and process of interacting with actors and crew.
5: Hmm.
1: They weren't given the leeway to do what they had to do, the source said. She, when she's talking about the process of interacting with actors and crew, actors, I think she's they're talking about a lot of the ad libbing, improvisation yeah. in ad libbing, um, something that's not totally like foreign to Star Wars films. Harrison Ford did it.
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, they talked about uh, the article goes on to say the duo also clashed with Kazdin. Yeah who has been an integral creative part of several star Wars movies dating back in the 1980s, the empire strikes back like Kennedy. He questioned many of the pair's directing choices. Um, The source said, Kathy, her team and Larry Kazan have been doing it their way for a very long time. They know how to, how they know how the cheese is made and that's how they want it made. It became a very polarizing set. I'm going to break uh, from that article here uh, to say that I heard also from a source from THR that Kazan was upset with Lord Miller's string. Yeah, uh, Kazan was upset with the improvisation and ad libbing. I've read the same. Um, and the source, this source that 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 leaked that information, said people need to understand that Han Solo is not a comedic personality. He's sarcastic and selfish. Um. Yeah, I mean, this article from Variety goes on to talk about how Kennedy wants to make a splash by hiring young indie directors such as Gareth Edwards, uh, Ryan Johnson, uh, but she's ultimately unwilling to empower them to make their own creative decisions. Um, Unlike Edwards and Johnson, Miller and Lord felt that they had earned their stripes, having worked extensively in the major studio system. So basically, a lot of this is... A lot of this... Lot of this is true. I mean, Gareth Edwards, for as much as he was company man, and for as much as you know, he doesn't let on, he he he, he, he did have problems with with Lucasfilm. And, oh yeah, and with Kathleen Kennedy, um, there was a different ending for the movie, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people feel like m- anywhere from thirty to fifty percent of this movie was reshot. That's why a lot of the stuff that you saw in the trailer didn't make it into the actual film.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's why they brought in Tony Gilroy to rewrite a lot of the script. And a lot of people, it's not confirmed, but a lot of people think that Tony Gilroy actually directed a lot of the reshoots. Mm-hmm. That Gareth Edwards was – they they kindly asked him to leave. We'll put your name on the movie. Thank you for all your hard work. Yeah. Bye bye, and Gareth Edwards collected his paycheck and Sign didn't an NDA. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, look what happened to Trank. Yeah, look yeah. at what happened to Trank. Use that now. Now, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they can do whatever the fuck. They, like, these guys got some movies. Yeah, they're under cloud. their belt yeah, exactly. You know, these guys got movies under their belt, and I feel like, you know, if. They want to leave a movie. They still got other people that want them. Yeah, so.
4: Maybe Kathleen Kennedy shouldn't have hired these guys to do a movie that was going to be Lawrence Kasdan's last screenplay. If they were going to hold that like to such biblical proportions – when it came to making the movie, maybe they shouldn't have made that decision
1: in the first place. I mean, well, I mean, I, it's it's so bizarre. It's it makes me feel like, and I I don't know, but it makes me feel like Kathleen Kennedy was in a uh, in a room uh, with some other big wigs there. Who's hot? Who's hot right now? Yeah. Oh, these guys. They bring them on set. She finally meets them and sees what's going on, and. Her and Kasdan are like, whoa, 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 this is not what we want. We want, we want the names Phil Lord and Chris Miller and we want the good stuff and the great ideas, but. Well, 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 you can't do this.
4: It just got right. so far for the. You know, that's what's so crazy about this story is they let it get this far before finally doing something about it. Like, scout the people, do some research. No, like, oh, I. It's uh, odd. Their directing style wasn't a mystery to
1: anybody. I honestly think that they had been talking to Ron Howard this entire time because this. Happened so quickly. That's true. I think that they wanted to have a Ron Howard Band-Aid on this fucking thing Mm. before they came out and fired Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Because Star Wars fans tend to panic when something is fucked up. Right. Okay? So, like... I think that they I, – I honestly He's a hell of
4: a band-aid. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. super unfortunate, man. I, I got to tell you, I, one of the biggest things I was looking forward to with this movie is that we were going to get a really different, unique spin set in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. That's what we were going to get. Right. And it scares me to think that – Anytime we're going to drastically veer from the working formula, we're going to hit the panic button and hire someone in to do the formula movie. I mean, fuck that. If we're going to do a Star Wars movie every year, I want to see some risk taken. I want to see some, you know. They can do
1: that. But um, you're also looking at a character that we've seen in other films before. Yeah. But I mean, it's La- not just him. Lando. Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Yeah. yeah. Legacy character. I'm not saying I'm not saying I agree with Kathleen Kennedy. No, I agree. And I
4: agree with a little bit of the statements about like you it's a you really gotta nail Han Solo's like character and the humor and everything. But I mean the story takes place in the <coughs> past, so to me that that's some liberties there. Like, maybe Han becomes a little bit more of a different guy by the time we fucking see him in A New Hope. Maybe that would be explained in this movie.
1: Yeah, I mean... I don't I, know.
4: I'm not excited by the firing of Lord and Miller. No, neither am and I. And the hiring of Ron Howard to just basically come in and do his fucking paint-by-numbers fix-it job.
1: Oh, come on. I, you know, I know you don't like Ron Howard. I mean, I know you talked about it. I, I, I think Ron Howard has come out with some great stuff. I'm not a big fan of the... uh uh, da Vinci Code stuff, and, yeah, and of yeah. course, like, the movie that he came out with, Thor, a couple years ago, that had Tom Holland in it, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the boat movie or whatever. Uh, and Heart of the Sea. But I mean, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Heart of the Sea. But I mean, you know, Cinderella Man, and I mean, you know, he's done uh, he, uh, he uh, Willow. I mean, he's... Oh, yeah. He's
4: done movies I like, but for the most part, I'm not the biggest fan of him as a director.
1: I, 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 I really enjoy Ron Howard, and I think that, um, I mean... Uh, I, I, it's, it's another, it's not like back to Edgar Wright, you know, I mean, I feel like Lord and Miller had like their own special idea yeah and they had something really special in store for us here. Um, I, it made me wonder that, you know, it made I was thinking to myself, like with the comedic stuff, I was thinking to myself, are we going to get Han Solo? Or are we going to get Alden Ehrenreich playing han solo but acting like star lord i was like what are like what was so bad here yeah like no i want my star lord to act like star lord yeah yeah but it's like you know i was like with the comedic stuff that star lord cracks a lot of jokes right and yeah. they're talking about this han solo being too funny and cracking jokes and um w- w- was that what we were gonna get is just just A lot, and they let Donald Glover apparently go crazy with improv because he loves to do that. Oh, yeah. So they kind of let him go crazy with this. Phil Lord and this is how Phil Lord and Chris Miller work. They film a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. They film a lot of stuff, and uh, what they do is when it's all filmed and said and done with. They go with what they feel like works, and they just kind of, like, Frankenstein it together and put it together.
4: Yeah, they go through all the fucking dailies, yeah. and literally one back-and-forth conversation will right. be
1: five different takes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how they work, and that – I think that scared Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, yeah. It's such an off-the-cuff, Wild Wild West style of directing yeah. a movie. They – they there's they, such different directors, but, like, they make great shit. I I do feel like – once this movie would have came out, she would have had no worries. Now I feel like I'm actually worried about Ron Howard. I think that he could do a great Star Wars movie but at, with working with
4: yeah, but so, this isn't his original baby. Yes, so I'm worried be, about yeah. him
1: taking the reins of something that's already been done, yeah. and him trying to figure out what works and put it put it yeah. together. Oh yeah,
4: and I'm I'm sure Caston's gonna have his hand really heavy in this. I could totally see Kasten even more so than Kathleen Kennedy just flipping his shit on set at the directorial style of Lord and Miller. This is his baby. This is his precious final screenplay. And here are these young jackasses (laughs) just letting the fucking camera roll while, you know, letting the stars do God knows what. Like, I can see Kasdan, you know, being old, older, just kind of set in his ways,
1: just not really being too cool with that technique. yeah. So I I don't know. It'll be interesting to once the movie wraps, once it comes out. And then once these actors start getting interviewed for other films,
5: Mm -hmm.
1: when they start getting asked about like, what was it like on set? I'm sure I just want to hear what they have to say about working with Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And I'm thinking it's probably going to be pretty damn positive. I think it is too. It really
4: sucks, man. I've had a lot of people come up to me and be like, you know, we don't need a Han Solo movie. We don't need to learn about Han Solo. Oh, past. I hate that shit. And and my number one argument against that is we do, and it's because we've got Phil Lord and Chris Miller, yeah, and they're going to do something really special yeah, with this. You're right. It's going to be a really unique Star Wars movie. And now it's like, oh, okay, it's gone. Yeah, yeah. I got I agree. nothing. So I don't know. Oh, th- this news really upset me. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. So I hope Lord and Miller get back to the Flash project. Project. And knock well, that shit out of the park.
1: Well, I mean, we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> I have that. That I, I, that was my segue into DC news, but... Um, I can't believe I'm saying it, but I hope fucking
4: Time Warner with Lord and Miller can give fucking Lucasfilm or a big fuck you here. So,
1: yeah, I... Um, I hope that the movie turns out great still. I mean, I hope I I don't want a bad star Wars movie, but I know. yeah. Yeah. I think we all do. I think we all want it to be a great movie. And, um, I, I have faith that Ron Howard can do something, something really good with this movie. Um, I just, there's a lot of things about, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of things about this that are bad and, and, um, not, I don't know. Ron Howard's, I'd re- I'm, I'm glad he's coming in there because they they were talking about Joe Johnston, you yeah. know the he, Jumanji Rocketeer, Captain America: First Avenger, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. They're talking about director.
4: Kasdan fucking doing
1: it himself. That's oh, yeah, that was shit. the next one yeah. is Kasdan. So, uh, <laughs> and so yeah, Hopner. This is why I saved DC News next.
5: <laughs> Hopner
1: <laughs> is uh, yeah, it's time for DC News. Fuck the bumper. Directors Phil Lord. And Chris Miller met with DC Films during the production hiatus of the Star Wars Han Solo spinoff. Insiders exclusively told The Rap. So the duo met about the possibility of directing The Flash after Rick Fumiyawa left the project over creative differences last year. Jesus Christ. All this fucking creative differences. I know. Everybody's All just having creative differences. Mm-hmm. These studios, I'm telling you. It's become so, so, so much more complicated now that you have
4: these shared universe mm. movie things yeah. going on. Yeah,
1: I mean, you know, I mean, you gotta, uh, start, you got Star Wars story group telling you gotta do these things. Yeah. You've got, you know, Marvel saying you gotta do these things. You got you know. I you mean, make a one-off movie, you don't have a cluster mind yeah. telling you you're fucking everything up. Exactly, so. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. So it looks like, uh, the two so Yeah. It looks like, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller have met, according to the rap, they've met with DC films about the, um, the flash movie, but I'm still hearing that, uh, Zemeckis is uh currently still the front runner to direct the film. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, what, do you, what are you thinking, Jake? I, I would like I, – I
4: hope I, – I love Zemeckis. And i gosh, I love the idea of a Zemeckis Flash movie. But I really kind of do want Lord and Miller to get in here so they can get a movie out as quick as possible I, and kind of show that they've got what it takes still.
1: If Zemeckis can – a perfect scenario for me would be Zemeckis to direct the film. Phil Lord and Chris Miller right. would take back that treatment, the screenplay that Seth Graham Smith helped to write and then – finish the screenplay White out all the Seth grand <laughs> exactly <laughs> right yeah
4: yeah that'd be great yeah
1: I mean but either one of I mean if Phil Lord and Chris Miller direct the flash movie it's gonna be a fun fucking movie I can tell you that much mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it'd be I think it'd be really fun I think it'd be really fun especially if they if they made it like uh flash versus the rogues can you imagine Phil Lord and Chris Miller having a crack at the rogues yeah that would be Very good be cool yeah they they do a good captain cold absolutely i'm sure uh d okay uh yeah I, i'm dying to talk to you about this Jake. Can we take a quick break yeah we can take a quick break oh. all right yeah we're back good break yeah dc news back Doing to pretty DC good news. Mm-hmm. i didn't ask frank <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <This is beautiful. laughs>
4: Frank, will, Frank will sober up when we get to the Transformer section. <laughs>
5: yeah, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: You're flashback in time. <laughs> Don't worry, listeners. <this> uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. This uh, DC news comes to us from THR. Uh, here it is: DC Comics' favorite Watchmen will uh, maybe headed for the small screen. Fresh off critical favorite The Leftovers, Damon Lindelof is in talks for a potential TV series, uh, potential Watchmen TV series for HBO. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that the project is in the early development stages. An official deal is not yet in place. Representatives for HBO and producers Warner Brothers Television declined comments. Uh, Lindelof originally read the comics as a kid in the 1980s and has said that the series continues to influence his work, quote, "...from the flashbacks to the nonlinear storytelling to the deeply flawed heroes, these are all elements that I try to put into everything I write," he told Comic Book Resources in 2009, ahead of the feature film. Lindelof has read Watchmen multiple times and, at the time, praised director Zack Snyder's film, quote, "...it's the most married-to-the-original-text version of Watchmen that could have ever been made," He told the Observer, I want to keep it sort of insular, he said, referring to the multiple translations that have come from trying to translate the source material, quote, it's okay with me if people don't understand it because they don't deserve to understand it. Uh, I'm dying to hear your thoughts on this, Jake. It's taking Damon Lindelof. You're a big fan. Mm -hmm. Big fan of Damon Lindelof. Um, Lost, The Leftovers. Um, I even I enjoyed Prometheus, and he wrote that. Yeah, me too. Pretty uh, much, I
4: loved everything except Tomorrowland. Yeah,
1: Tomorrowland was garbage. Um, what did you th- What do you think about this?
4: I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit a mixed bag of this. I'm not the biggest fan of, of Watchmen. Like, I don't hate it by any means, but I, it's not something that I've ever like poured over. And I don't know. I, I I think the Zack Snyder version is good enough. Like, do we really need to? go through this well again but on the other hand like it's lindelof and i really see how this would be a perfect property for him i mean he loves to do these like character centric episodes he has a big ensemble cast and then he does really great like single character centric episodes and mm-hmm. then kind of mixes it all together by the end like it's kind of the perfect formula for a lindelof series so i mean i would definitely tune in but part of me wishes he would find a different project
1: Okay, Um, Frank, you you got any thoughts on this, man? I'm
3: still waiting to check out that director's version of The Watchmen. So I I don't really have a dog in the fight. But um, I mean, I, I, I like the idea. I mean, this could be something when it comes out that I could jump onto even without having watched the movie. And I do like how you have an ensemble idea, and he can focus on those individual individual stories. I think it'd be pretty cool. I'd, I'd definitely check it out.
1: Yeah, is that is that what they're doing here? Is that what Lin- and, and Lindelof has done this, uh, where we have character centric episodes? Is he going to be just using stuff from the Alan Moore book, or is he actually going to be? incorporating before Watchmen?
4: I Honestly, I think he's more likely to incorporate brand new material is what I would see happening. I kind of see him completely ignoring before Watchmen and using the main original Alan Moore series as kind of the blueprint and developing more story from there. Especially if this was going to be a TV series. I mean, it's very much what he did with The Leftovers. I mean, The Leftovers really only had the one novel as the blueprint Mm -hmm. source material. And then he expanded off of that. Uh, I could see that pissing a lot of Watchmen diehards off. That, you know, this is very much the Bible to them. And for someone to come in and have the assumption that they can write more to this, you know, perfect Mm -hmm. story in their Mm -hmm. eyes. I could see that rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, but I I honestly think that's what's going to happen here. I don't see any other way to develop this into a series other than coming up with new material and ideas.
1: Well, yeah, that's that's why I threw out the Before Watchmen stuff. I Mm -hmm. mean, we had solo books for every character. I mean, you know. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of that's probably going to get ignored. um, The Darwin Cook Silk Spectre stuff was really good. The Comedian book was horrible. Mm-hmm. Um pretty much everything other than the Darwin Cook stuff was yeah. not good. And honestly the Darwin Cook stuff it like
4: the reason it's so good is just cuz it looks so fucking gorgeous. Like
1: uh, He's a great writer too. Yeah, but still like He was a great writer on that Silk Spectre go- book. It, it, okay. I, I mean I collect and I cl- I was I I'm a I love Watchmen. The I I am a big fan of the graphic novel. I I read it as a graphic novel. I didn't read it in single issue when it sort of came out. So I read it as the novel and I love it. I think it's a very deep story. I think it's a really cool story and I, I, I had a great time reading that and um really enjoyed it. And so like when the movie came out um, you know, I, I love the movie as well. I was a big fan of the movie and The Darwin Cook, Silk Spectre stuff, out of all the stuff that came out, the comedian books, the Owl books, the Rorschach books, it was the best. It it was the only thing that actually felt kind of like organic to the world. Everything else was, I don't know, that's what happens when you have all these different writers writing for these different characters. And I felt like that he was the only one that really captured the voice. It wasn't perfect, Mm -hmm. but it was the best. And um, the comedian book, which I was so excited for because the covers looked amazing, and that book was not good, you know. And I was really—I love the comedian. I mean, I dre- ooh, Halloween ooh. I dressed as a comedian. I couldn't even tell you who wrote the damn thing. Oh, okay. I have every individual issue of every Before Watchmen book. Hmm. I have every Poor individual guy. issue. I know, <laughs> but you know, I'm yeah. I was a glutton for punishment. Yeah, it and, happens. I, I've been, I've done the same thing. So um i mean uh you know and they they it, it was selling so well that they actually made additional books in that in the series yeah yeah so um yeah i don't i don't know if they what you're saying sounds right that that damon would add you know new stuff it's just like without Alan moore contributing that it just it is going to get uh uh fans are going to be very upset because he, he retired. He's not going to want any part of this. No, no
4: not at all. Not at all. He wouldn't do this himself if he had the ability to. Yeah. He he
1: doesn't want it. Right. So I mean, he doesn't want these
4: characters. Just
2: fucking listen to
4: his wishes and and leave his properties alone. At this point, I don't get it. Yeah,
1: I don't. I don't know. I, it got done once. I, leave it well enough alone. I love Damon Lindelof, and I love HBO, and I love Watchmen. So it sounds
3: like a really good
2: fit. I,
4: It's probably going to be really great, but I still would rather just – I'd rather Lindelof with H- HBO find something else.
1: I love Damon Lindelof. I love Watchmen. I love HBO. I'll probably do a podcast on this. I mean, it's like, I it's,
3: on you. I mean
1: that's like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I can see. He's so stylized and like I could, God, to 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 be thrown back into like the Watchmen universe in the 1980s and to get like new stories with Rorschach yeah. and get new stories with like, you know, Blue Dick, um, Dr. Manhattan and, and, uh. I
4: hope he gets the same music coordinator from the Leftovers to move over to Watchmen with him. That'd be cool. That, that would, would be, be amazing.
1: Cool. It's like, like another thing that, um, that I kind of am looking forward to and then also dreading is like casting for this. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. I think you had, you know, Jackie Earl Haley he was perfect as Rorschach and, uh, you know, Jeffrey Dean Morgan I thought was perfect as the comedian. And I, you know, I, if, you know, not everybody's a big Patrick Wilson fan, but I love Patrick Wilson. I loved him in The Watchmen. I loved him in Fargo. I loved him in that movie stretch. I, I think Patrick Wilson's fantastic and I loved him as, uh, the owl. So, I don't know. I'm. It's going to be hard to to do the casting for this, you know. But uh,
4: yeah, every every announcement about this will ruffle feathers. That's what's so crazy about it. Yeah, because
1: yeah. yeah, you you're going to have people that like love the original source material, don't want it fucked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're also going to have. I think you're going to get a, and then and then you're going to have people that are like Man, the movie fans too. Yeah, yeah, movie fans. You know they. You know Jeffrey Dean Morgan. They're going to be fans of him. Patrick Wilson and Jackie Earl Haley. That's going to be the tough one because I, I think that I think that out of all the casting, that uh, Jackie Earl Haley was like the perfect Rorschach. Mm. It's going to be really hard, and a lot of people are going to be saying, "Why can't you just bring him back?" And it's yeah, dumb. It's not going to happen, people. Yeah. So, um, what, what do you think? Do you think that they're going to find some of these? Uh, they're, they'll probably get some established actors, mm-hmm. but they're probably going to find some, like, really unknowns, too. I mean, you know, look, look 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 what The Leftovers has done for Carrie Coons. Oh, even Justin Thoreau. Justin Thoreau, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I was going to yeah. throw his name out there next. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, look what it's done for these actors. I mean. Um, yeah, agreed. So it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm. I'm not gonna lie, I'm fucking, I'm fucking excited. As much as I love the source material, I yeah. love this world and I love these characters and I love Damon Lindelof and I love it. Actually, I'll say
4: something really sacrilegious. I, I think Lindelof can make Watchmen better.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> video, if he can make Watchmen better, I mean, like, see, because i I love the I love the book, and and I I love I love the movie. I, I love the book, and I love the movie. Yeah, I like the stupid prison break when it's all slow motion fighting and shit, <laughs> and and you got fucking people getting their asses kicked and falling down and slow. Mo- oh, it's a gorgeous I, movie. No, I, I love it, it. man. I, I the music is perfect. Uh, when fucking Doctor Manhattan, fucking uh, you know, uh, single-handedly wins the Vietnam War, and mm-hmm. he's just fucking you know wiping motherfuckers out. I'm just and they're blowing up on screen. <laughs> I'm I love this. I love this movie. It's so fucking dark, and it's just this alternate 1980s. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know. I just thought visually it was spectacular, and 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 Zack Snyder just did a great job on that movie. Um, you know, back I don't know, I don't know, back when Zack Snyder could really do no wrong for me, but I'm, I'm excited as fuck for this and I hope, yeah, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll, I'll do a podcast on this all fucking day. I'm doing, <laughs> they do it. They do this. I'm doing a Watchmen podcast. Oh yeah. Yeah. How, how can you not? Yeah. I'm totally, and Ashley, I'm I was just, I'm, dead. yeah, me and Ashley, I'm going to beggar to fucking do, and I already know the name of what it would be called and everything. Oh, Yeah, God. don't say now. I will I won't. <laughs> <laughs> He'll take it. So. Brush up on your Alan Moore. But, um, yeah, um, I'm excited as fuck. The last thing, uh, 4chan rumor came out and it's bullshit. Uh, this 4chan rumor was talking about, uh, Jeff Johns, um, and, uh, Zack Snyder have been developing a Man of Steel, uh, 2 sequel, uh, in secret, um, since November yeah. and they talked about how um it would include Brainiac and supergirl would be introduced into the d c e u we talked about this right well uh i don't i don't know I don't know if we talked about this Umberto gonzalez basically said it's not true um the only reason I wanted to bring it up is because I feel like um even though it's it's a false rumor that came out from 4chan yeah i i do think that this would be a it has it has legs as far as supergirl being introduced into the world because mm-hmm, supergirl like mm. the, the scout ship mm-hmm. in the man of steel movie there were pods in there yeah and crypt, you know there were some kryptonians that were dead but yeah. there was one pod that was open so everybody was saying Oh, that's Supergirl. Then some people were saying, "Oh no, that's the." There was a rumor that that was the new origin for Wonder Woman.
4: Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. And, and then politically, she, it's a great move to yeah. bring Supergirl into it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, Wonder yeah. Woman was such a success, and you've got yeah. another strong female character. Yeah, that,
1: they, that's what I was gonna say too. Um, the, the, but the the thing is, you're gonna have people, um, and I'm not gonna be one of them. I'm not. I'm gonna hear them. Melissa Benoist is so great in the dc movies uh dc sh- tv show why can't she be the supergirl in the movies oh yeah I and if you of all people that. are not going to be that idiot then other people shouldn't either <laughs> thank you <laughs> i love melissa Benoist. yeah i would fucking i would get down on one knee right now and propose to the woman she's a, I i love her she's so great um but i don't want to see her in the movies No, oh, it's a whole new thing it's a whole yeah. new thing and you know Tying it in, we've seen, we've you know, they've already know. proven they're not going to do that. But I would love to see Brainiac as the villain. Mm-hmm. I'd like I'm, to
4: see him get his due in a movie.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking of all the cool things that they could do with Brainiac. I mean, you could do, I mean, you could do the Lost City of Candor. Yeah. That, uh, Superman Unleashed, I think it's called, mm-hmm.
4: was a really great Brainiac story that yeah. they did in the animated movies.
1: Yeah. I mean,. You know, I, I don't know. It would just be really cool. It, it, it just make him look like Brainiac from the comic. You know, I want to see him. Oh yeah, look like him. I don't exactly. want it to be some like reimagining. Well, system. I think
4: that that's kind of the fun of Brainiac. I feel like almost even in the comic, every time Brainiac shows up, it's a reimagining.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Android. I mean, so it's
4: kind of that's kind of a character they've always had a lot of fun yeah, with. But
1: I, I, I want him to, I wanted to look. Yeah, something you know, like he does in the comic,
4: and one. I wouldn't even mind like two or three different looks in one movie. Yeah, I'd be yeah. okay. I'd be okay with. Yeah. So. The other
3: thing that screams bullshit about this is that the whole developed in secret shit. If there's anything that DC's proven so far, like they're going to be banging the drum if they got something to promote.
1: Who can keep a secret these days? Either? Right. I was also I was reading an article and uh, it looks like there was a tie-in book for the Man of Steel movie and it it was the it was called Man of Steel Prequel Special Edition. It was written by Zack Snyder, David S. Goyer, and Jeff Johns. Um, those guys are writing this thing. It sounds like it's pretty much canon, and Supergirl is actually introduced in that book. I remember that. Yeah, so I mean, she, in my opinion, she does exist in DCEU canon right now. Even those guys would ignore their own shit, though. For yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, but I'm saying, like, the point that you made earlier that I totally agree with, uh, you know, is the fact of how well Wonder Woman did. Yeah, they're. I think they're going to want to do more of these. I oh, yeah. think, you know, Batgirl's coming out, of course, Joss Whedon directing, but yeah. I think they'll definitely want to, you know, and I mean, if people haven't responded well to Clark and the way he's been, the perfect thing to set this right is to have Supergirl <coughs> come in there and kind of like maybe lighten him. Oh, I can't say Clark anymore because Clark's dead. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the perfect thing to be to do is to have her come in there and kind of straighten him out a little bit. hmm yeah,
4: DC's going all in on the females.
1: Mm-hmm. So the birds of prey, I guess, more of the same too. There, I like to go all in on the females <laughs> yeah. too, Jake. I, I kept you.
3: that one to myself.
1: You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's a first, Frank. Nice. No, <laughs> so, yeah.
3: This is true.
1: I don't know. Yeah. Now we're done. No, wait, wait. Hey, transformers. Oh yeah. yeah. Gonna... Frank, sober up. Gonna take we got to a... talk about transformers. Yeah, I got that hidden
3: pill. I got the gonna... pen for.
1: Gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Transformers.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: worlds colliding only one survives Blow
4: it up! transformers the last night a michael bay film
1: hey we're back
4: yeah Yay. yeah we're back right hey. Been a shit episode
1: so far. Yeah, man. <laughs> fuck up, dude. I can't believe that thing. Yeah, oh. about the thing, and uh, <laughs> Frank, classic Frank. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, always. <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> oh, to contain man. myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. If you haven't guessed, uh, we're recording this first. <laughs> uh, we so, but we're tacking it at the uh, in on the uh, end of the episode, and we're joined by uh, Daniel Hoppner, But we've already introduced you. So, what the fuck am I doing this for? Don't know. Yeah. So. This
3: is like, like some wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm always the one that messes this up when we do the next part.
4: <laughs> yeah, so uh,
1: let's see here. We're going to talk about uh, Transformers, The Last Night, and uh, currently I'm looking at it on IMDb. It's got a 5.3 on the IMDb. And, uh, I think the last time I checked on Rotten Tomatoes, it was at a 17%? That's what it was yeah. at when I looked. That yeah, about right. it was it's,
2: at a 14. It's down to 15 right oh, now. Down f- oh, it was at a
1: 14, up to a 17, down to 15. That's, there we go. That's, uh, I was going to make a pedophile joke there with all those
5: numbers, <laughs> but
1: I, I couldn't do it quick enough. <laughs> 59% audience. 59% for the audience? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so. Alright, humans and Transformers are at war. Humans and Transformers. <laughs> Say how to your mother for me. <laughs> Humans, and on, Humans and Transformers are at war.
4: Optimus
1: Prime <laughs> is gone. How you doing, Transformer? I just want to talk to you. The key to saving our future lies be it bell. Okay, Jesus. Alright. Humans and Transformers are at war. Optimus Prime is gone. How many times in this fucking movie does he say, I am Optimus Prime?
2: (laughs) About
4: a million. The only time he's not saying that is when he's saying he is Nemesis Prime. I am Optimus Prime. (laughs) And I... Am now Nemesis Prime. <laughs> How you doing, Nemesis Prime? <laughs> <laughs> you uh,
1: used to be a good guy, but now you're a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> so what uh, on with that man? Yes. <laughs> I'm, an, I'm an inventor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wasn't he an inventor in the last one? Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. Kinda. An inventor now he's like a one. mechanic. Yeah. A bit of a grease monkey. He's, what, uh, he's the leader of the fucking resistance. Yeah. Show some respect. Oh, man. <laughs> I'd take him over Jennifer Lawrence any day, you know? Fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, humans and Transformers are at war. That's new. <laughs> uh, Optimus Prime is gone. Uh, the key to saving our future lies buried in the secrets of the past, <laughs> in the hidden history of Transformers on Earth. Autobots roll out. All right, it's directed by Michael Bayham. When are they going to run out of hidden history? Huh? When are they going to run out
4: of hidden history in well, the Transformers it's, movies? <laughs> it's the hidden history on Earth, Jake. Oh, it's, it's, well, is, wasn't it a hidden history on Earth in the last four?
1: No, yeah. was it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> it because bugs. the very
3: first one was the fucking glasses that his great-grandpa whoever the fuck had. Yeah, had and had. in the
4: fallen one, it was like in the Earth's core and shit. And then in the third one, it was it's always like...
3: See, I don't remember. So it's like Transformers yeah. oh, are like herpes. They've been
1: here a long time and you can't get rid of them. Yeah. There's just constantly <laughs> hidden history. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. Directed by Michael Bay, uh, stars, uh, a bunch of fucking people.
4: <laughs> I want the next one to be like, we flash back to Jack the Ripper
1: and he had the aid of Transformers. <laughs> Did you guys, uh, I, hold on, yeah. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg is Cade Yeager. Do you think they named him Yeager just to <laughs> take a shit on Pacific Rim? Yeah, we, um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, maybe. When did? How
4: does that work? When did Transformers Four come out? Uh, well, it came out was after Pacific a year Rim. Year
2: so after
1: Pacific uh, Rim. Yeah, it seems so. I mean, these come out typically like every two years. We've gotten five yeah. since two thousand seven. <laughs> Real ballsy oh. move for Transformers to be like. You know, taking shots, shots fired from Transformers. No
3: shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But at least they're regular.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, like. I shit. think this is uh, Mark Wahlberg said this is his last Transformers film.
2: Mm. Yeah. One can only hope. <laughs>
1: and uh, let's see Anthony Hopkins, Josh Duhamel's back after he was in the first three, came back and did this one. Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Josh DeHommel, he's, uh... Nah, no, I'm Lennox. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Who else did we get? Stanley Tucci comes back in this one, but he plays Merlin. Mm-hmm. Boy, doesn't he. He was a voice, too, wasn't he? Was I mistaken? Yeah. Maybe. Not mm-hmm. in this one. He might have been a voice in... Who voiced... Steve who voiced 3 C-3PO one? robot? Oh. Uh, I don't know. Uh, first, I thought that might have been Stanley Tucci. I didn't know. Uh, let's see here. Uh, um... No, that was that was uh that that was. I, I just looked at it earlier. Some guy named Jim Carter, oh, okay. not the president. Okay. That's Jimmy. Jimmy.
4: Um, We've brought you back to life to be in Transformers Five, Jimmy
1: Carter. So yeah, oh, he's not dead. He's, he's still, still alive. alive. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. We've already done the, the rest of the episode. Yeah. Earlier. Uh huh. Wow. Well, not in chronological order, it. but I already hate this one. <laughs> uh, just throwing that out there. Uh, but uh let's see here. Yeah, this movie had uh six editors on it. <laughs> oh great. Six editors. Like typically a film has one to two. Uh-huh. This one had fucking six. That's cuz there's so much good footage that one one editor couldn't handle it. And uh let's see here. Yeah, budget was 217 million. And <laughs> uh damn. Yeah, well, these are CGA, I get it. On these Movies make a shit ton of fucking money, too. Oh. Yeah,
4: the whole thing was filmed in IMAX 3D, too. And that film cost a lot more money than normal film.
1: Yeah. Mm. Is I, that how you guys saw it? No. I did. No. <laughs> I did not. Uh, the The movie did change aspect ratio, though, in the theater I was in. Oh, really? A lot. Yeah. Really? Was, was that intentional? Uh, it was Michael Bay intentional. Okay. Well, I mean, I didn't know if that was just, like, the theater jacking around with it somehow on no, accident. No, that's just how it was filmed. Oh, my. I, it went back and forth like the screen kept changing formats oh that's wonky it i didn't ha- i didn't have any of that because you were watching it in imax yeah oh. i was watching it in 2d and the screen changed formats mm-hmm. literally that's like, crazy that's I like they've that. got like a Every budget
3: team. version of the fucking film out there
4: yeah to be fair christopher nolan's batman movies all three of them do that though really mm-hmm. yeah. oh yeah
1: yeah you when, yeah. when it when you not uh, when you're watching it in the theaters. imax oh. Not every scene was filmed in IMAX, mm-hmm. so it changes formats. When it goes to an IMAX actual shot Man. scene, it you can see the screen change. I didn't even not even know that was a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Holy it's shit. definitely a thing in this mm-hmm. fucking movie. Uh let's see here. Uh hey, uh let's talk about uh yeah, us let's, let's rate it. This is fucking rated. I'm gonna start. Daniel Hoppner, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, tell everybody what your history is with the Transformers. Uh, not not your known history, not unknown history.
2: Right. Yeah, I have a secret history. I can't tell you though. A <laughs> um, hidden history. I mean, I've been I've been a big fan of Transformers ever since I was a kid. I saw the syndicated reruns of G1 way back in the day in the mid late 80s. Watch Beast. I'm really a big fan of them of the franchise the whole. These movies, though, God. these movies, I mean, the first one's bearable, but every time I, like, come out of one and go, I mean, it can't get worse, right? So right off the bat, rating this one, it's a toss-it. I, It somehow is still worse than each preceding one, and I don't understand <laughs> how. It's...
1: Is it does he try does does Michael Bay try to put so much into these movies? I feel like his cocaine use has gone <laughs> up. No, I feel like like the first one it was a moderate amount of cocaine that he was on, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number 2, a little bit more cocaine. All right. He you know, made made him go semi-racist in the second one, right? Okay. That's what I guess that's what a little bit of coke will do to you. Uh third movie oh let's destroy he fucking he snorted so much cocaine he wanted to fucking destroy chicago and he did i love that movie fourth movie it was just like so much fucking cocaine he's just making shit up and you don't know what's going on I think it might this one's the meth at some point this one he stole that fucking plate off scarface's table
2: and he and just, just did all of it inhaled it and that's yeah. what. i
1: mean there's just so much going on in this movie um, it's
2: outrageous it's This franchise is something that I refer to as aggressively stupid. (laughs) Aggressively stupid. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. It feels like at this point in time, not only has the cocaine usage gone way off the rails, pun intended, but also that, like, it seems like now he's just trying to see how bad of a movie he can make. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. You're, we'll if see. it's not
1: broke, why fix it, though? Hopner, you are so right, though. Check this out, dude. Like, remember how many people were making fun of the last fucking movie, the trailer where the guy gets hit in the head with the tire?
2: <laughs> I love that part.
1: <laughs> he does it again, and this one is a fuck you to everybody that hated it.
2: Yeah. And it's like in the same scene, three people get hit in the face with tires. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Bumblebee can be—now
1: um, oh, I'm jumping into the movie—how yeah. he can be blown up and then just come back together. Now, yeah, <laughs> so ridiculous. I love that too, <laughs> Jake. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I taste it. I, I
4: mean, for me, I, I go in Frank, knowing you look
1: shocked. You don't know about Jake and his and this movie, with. Yeah. you don't under you don't get this. You know? I, I
3: swore he was just looking forward to shit all over it. No, uh, no, 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 no these no,
1: movies no. are a guilty pleasure for me. And Frank,
4: yeah. honestly, you're half right. I, I do enjoy shitting on them. and and that's why I love this franchise. It's such a great target. I mean, it looks gorgeous. I think it's undeniable that the CG and, like, the the shots and everything are gorgeous in this movie. Everything else is incredibly stupid as fuck. I thought the action in this one was the worst, though. Yeah. Except for one scene, and I'll get into that. I thought it was really well shot. The IMAX 3D looked gorgeous, though. I mean, this movie really shined on just the visual aspect. I mean... But, yeah, I I, I tasted it. I liked it a little bit more than the last one, honestly. It was a little less convoluted for me about, like, the through line about what was going on from A to B in this one. So (laughs) I I liked it a little bit more because, like, in the last two, by the end of it, I was just like, all right, let's just watch this shit blow up for a half an hour. I don't don't know what the fuck is going on. But I was like, wow, I still know what's going on at the end of the movie, kind of.
1: Uh yeah, I uh, I'm tossing it, man. This uh this is uh, absolute garbage. There's uh uh yeah, it's a dumpster fire. It's, uh, <laughs> it's it's
2: I think it's easily the worst movie of the year so far. And Hobner,
1: just like you, you know, I'm a little older so I was actually watching these as they were airing, but I'm a big G1 fan. You know, the movie changed my life. I was one of those kids crying in the theater when Optimus died. Yeah, and, I saw it a home video did the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm a huge fan of this franchise, and I, I know that the cartoons are goofy as fuck. You <laughs> go back and watch oh, them, yeah, they're yeah, goofy yeah. as fuck. But, um, you know, I, I think, like, what we've seen in the animated movie, the 86 movie, that's, that's a great step. That's a, that was a great step in the right direction. And then also with the new Go 90 series. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. that, you know that was absolutely fantastic stuff, mm-hmm. and so there's still a lot of cool stuff that they can do with Transformers. They're just not doing it here in this movie. Um, so let's. uh I did like a couple things, though. I did like a couple things, and I want to talk about what I did like in the movie. <laughs> okay. Um, but um, yeah, uh, Hopner, let me start off by telling you what I did like. I actually did like the fight between Optimus and Bumblebee. Yeah. Up until the end when he started talking for no fucking reason. But the. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. The actual fight was really cool. And it was kind of like I tried to forget, like, you know, Transformers 2 through 4 <laughs> and just focus back on the relationship between, you know, Optimus and Bumblebee in the first movie. Mm-hmm. And watching these two fight each other was. I think it could have been way better. I mean, it should have been way better. <laughs> it should have been a little longer, the, 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 I feel like. Yeah, it should have been a little longer. Yeah.
4: I thought it was super funny how quickly Nemesis Prime reverted back to Optimus Prime. Like it, there was so much lead up to that. Well, and they then, only had 2 hours and 29 minutes I, yeah, to do this I, movie, Jake. I, 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 yeah. I know. All those go really quick. <laughs> all those cut back to Cybertron and then just over and over and over again. Yeah. And then it's like, "Ah, he's here." And then the one short fight with Bumblebee and right. oh, I'm back. Right. I heard you talk, my good friend. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I figured yeah. it was gonna be something like that, though. Just because
4: they I tried to heard make you
2: talk things, since so.
1: Cybertron was destroyed. Yeah,
2: I, yeah, I mean they made such a big deal throughout the trailers about like Optimus is a bad guy now and he's gonna fight Bumblebee, but it's like I know it's not gonna be. That's not gonna be like the end of the movie. Obviously, it's gonna revert back to good, and then he'll team up with everybody else and save yeah. the day. Blah blah blah.
1: What hey, hey, Hopner, did you notice at the beginning when Optimus was floating in space the music callback to Unicron floating in space in the animated mm. movie?
2: Yeah, I did notice that sl- that subtle tone to the Unicron. It was that I love that. I love that. Oh, I remember that. And they
1: had a little bit of that playing as Optimus is floating through space. That's kind of cool. Let's talk about – let's talk about um, some of our favorite new characters. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that we get that, – that get fleshed out so well in this film and sometimes – might not show up again uh let's talk yep. about the dinobot babies like here they are and uh we're dinobot babies and
2: <laughs> is that we, like muppet babies? they
1: never show up again like yeah. we see them like burn down a curtain and they're gone like the the, the rest of the I, you know like maybe like at the end of the movie you <laughs> think like they're gonna show up and like start attacking a human no. I think they <laughs> were all gone.
4: killed by that anti-transformer force. They took them all out back and killed them. What were they called? The T what were they? Uh, TNT, was that right? No, they weren't TNT. I was thinking uh, T F A, but that's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I don't I don't I yeah, they were called like T L F or something. T L V. Yeah, TLC. <laughs> there
2: we go. We'll yeah, go with that. T Boss left waterfalls.
1: eye. It was T Boss <laughs> left eye. I, what's, who's the, who died? Left Eye Lopez, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so it was t boss and Chili. Yeah. Okay. They showed up in this film. <laughs> I never not? saw them again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, No, uh, yeah, Dinobot Babies. Dinobot Babies. Uh, yeah, they, how they, does
2: that even like, happen? Who makes those? Where do they yeah, come there's from? there's no Metel? explanation as to where they come from. Well, we find out that the
1: Transformers, like Optimus Prime, was created by Quintessa. But then on the flip side, we find out that Hound has a father. So I don't know how the... Any of this works. <laughs> yeah, but they're just they're just
4: randomly also
1: landing
4: from the sky as, like, meteorites, and there's never any explanation to that.
1: They're, well, they were on, like, they're they're out in the galaxy. Optimus Prime sent out that signal. Remember that mm-hmm. message? And he's like, come to Earth.
4: <laughs> I, You've I, done
2: I, he starts Every off with, moment. I am Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> and uh. then, yeah,
4: yeah, come to Earth. <laughs> So the Dinobot babies are like, Optimus Prime to send a message. We have to go to Earth. And then the next thing you know, there we go, right? <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, Grim – I mean – Did Grimlock give birth to those babies? I did
1: like Grimlock Afkin, Goofy.
4: Did yeah, you like Gr- that? I, like, like I liked
1: Grimlock
2: too in this movie. I thought it was all right. Again, it would be nice if you put – they gave him a fucking voice, yeah. you know, so that we can actually have a feeling of what he's thinking other than yeah. him just being chastised by fucking Marky Mark. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't like that, huh? I, mean, no. I like him acting goofy. I don't like the fact that it's just there to just have Marky Mark just, you know, chastising him. be like, oh, isn't it funny? Because he's a human and yelling at a big robot dinosaur. Har, har, har. <laughs> oh, man. I really hated
4: uh, the Anthony Hopkins, his robot assistant character. Oh, the uh, character. Cog. Cogsman oh. Cogsman oh, I could not stand that character another
1: 10 minutes of that character and I would have tossed this movie is that like a total <laughs> like ripoff of Kingsman Cogsman mm. and he acts like a Kingsman maybe and he's you know what I mean yeah that and
2: would I, be a little too smart for this film
1: what did you guys think about Michael Bay having seen uh, transform uh, not uh, Star Wars the Force awakens and thinking to himself kids love bb8 I'll <laughs> throw in my own bb8 and we'll call him squeak <laughs> oh squeak
4: is terrible. Yeah, we there's squeak on the uh, crushed crush twelve packs at work. I just noticed that today. Like he, why? Yeah, they're advertising. He's them. not lovable huh? and nobody cares. he did what did he do? Blow up the gun? I was, or yeah. Something? I was like, wow, they're really marketing this
1: fucking thing? I and just <laughs> Who the fuck is this little girl? Oh yeah, that was like, weird. What's her fucking story? Like once this is over, like what does she do? Like <laughs> did they ever follow up with her again? Like what she's up to? Mm-hmm. That little girl?
4: She'll be taking over the franchise since uh, Mark Wahlberg's leaving. <laughs>
1: She'll be probably the new leader. They'll no, find some I'm being new hidden. I'm being dead serious. Like, did they follow up with this girl after the battle? No, that was really weird. I was like
4: two separate movies in that aspect where it went from Cade with the that younger girl Yeah. and then it became the other movie where it was him and the uh older woman he was with. Professor Lady. Yeah, who was only in the movie for like half the movie but had like eight costume changes somehow.
1: Spoiler, she's related to Merlin. <laughs> oh, Wow. So we get, so we basically get at the beginning of the movie, we get like, uh, Michael, what, what the fuck are you doing over there, Hoppner? What's that ding and no. shit? You lifting weights? Huh?
2: No. I no. thought he was loading his dishwasher. <laughs> I think he dropped his coke spoon. <laughs> <laughs> on them rails. <laughs> uh, let's see here. I lost my train. Yeah, so
1: they do this like, uh, King Arthur kind of, uh, intro with yeah, oh, yeah. Merlin. And yeah. Stanley Tucci's playing Merlin and then
2: uh i love the intro that's just really weird though because i thought that since you know we have stanley because it took me a couple minutes to realize that was tucci playing merlin and i'm like oh so then i guess that means his character from the last movie is going to come back in here right like that's going to be like a blood connection if you have the same actor playing two roles no okay
1: (laughs) yeah it, it was weird um and uh i don't know like uh I lost my train of thought because this movie does that to me.
4: Yeah. We're talking yeah. about the medieval opening.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, Michael Bay actually wanted to do a, like a King Arthur type medieval movie back in the 90s and they turned him down for it. So yeah. I think that's kind of like why they did this here. I bet it had been better <laughs> so than the fucking Guy Ritchie thing. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not going to ever watch that. No. Nope. So. <laughs> uh, did you uh, – Hopner, did you know that Hot Rod
2: was in this movie? Yeah, hard to tell though, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, let's, uh, let's get Hot Rod. One of like, uh, you know, a lot of people love Hot Rod. I'm not the biggest Hot Rod fan. I'm mm-hmm. riding in the same boat with you. Yeah. A lot of people do love Hot movie Rod. Movie made him real popular. And who voiced mm-hmm. them in the original animated movie? Judd Nelson. Uh, yeah. Judd Nelson from The Breakfast Club. So, who do they get to voice him in this film? Omar uh, Sy, <laughs> a French actor. Makes sense. Yeah, the guy that played uh, Bishop in uh, the uh, X-Men, X-Men films. <laughs> yeah. They got him oh, on the low. Let's make Hot Rod French. What the uh, fuck is going on here? Michael France Bay- is definitely known for fast cars. Well, Michael Bay just doesn't really. give a shit. No, <laughs> no he doesn't. Does it's not. also
2: really funny because he's a Lam- he's a Lamborghini. And you're like, but that's not a French car either. So why why the French accent? Right. Yeah.
4: Uh, oh, it's so stupid. What do you think about the uh, Unicron is Earth review? Oh, fuck
1: that! Fuck <laughs> I that. was like, oh, this has to be pissing Brian off. Fuck that! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> as soon as fucking Anthony Hopkins like threw that shit down, I was pissed off. And six horns all over the globe.
4: And, <laughs> I was laughing so. <sighs> Hard. And
1: the six horns, the six horns on the globe, and the Earth is Unicron, and and then Stonehenge has something to do with it. And then like yeah. this fucking the, the the talisman. So there's a talisman. It was so tropey. And, and then there's a the staff. staff. Yeah, yeah. So you gotta have the talisman, and you gotta have the staff. It was like playing but Resident not by Evil. The
2: same person either. Not so, by the same why person. Bother? <laughs> so
1: let's spoil it. Who is the uh, who is the last night? It's uh, Mark Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg was the last night for. Frank. oh God <laughs> last mm-hmm. night was Mark Wahlberg that reveal was and super funny he got wow. the uh he got the talisman the talisman chose him oh and so he became the last night and the whole movie you know we're just waiting with bated breath like who's the last night uh, it was so
4: trophy no <laughs> and, you know
1: and, and like all of a sudden like he like the this uh talisman it it, it attaches itself to him uh and uh, then starts to move around and then you know uh, of course he's got to lift up the shirt for the lady, and she's like checking out his washboard abs, and, you know a little bit of sexual tension going on there, but you know Michael <sighs> Bay wanted to give the ladies a little bit more of that you know pain and gain sexual tension <laughs> uh, and, and uh the talisman, and then she was the descendant of Merlin, so she's the only one that could wield the staff mhm. <laughs> <laughs> So okay. they, And they, and these characters suddenly, like, fall for each other. There's zero chemistry. <laughs> like,
3: I'm fucking... totally getting, like, Gatekeeper and Keymaster out but of this. It
1: was nice when Cogsman, the, the the butler robot, had a sushi dinner for him in the
2: submarine. That was a great scene.
1: <laughs> this is a, I'm not making this shit up. This fucking happened
2: in the movie. That's actually when I went out and had to have a cigarette because I couldn't <laughs> take it. Wow, you missed that part. Uh huh.
3: This whole film sounds like a Family Guy storyboard where nothing goes together really at all. Yeah,
4: it was super shocking too. Like you knew he was the last knight from the moment the talisman followed him in the first scene.
2: Yeah, was, I was like, is that was that supposed to be something that we're like? It was a reveal. It's like, well, no, it, it's on him. So obviously, it's
4: him. Yeah. Hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> hey
2: I'm the last night bro everything everything <laughs> in this movie has legs
1: too oh that is true like the talisman grows these spider legs and starts walking yeah. around like why everything. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> oh i love the uh the uh the con air intro to the decepticons
4: oh oh that was awesome when they were show- when when he was like asking which ones he wanted to be let Fucking out of the prison. horrible. Oh man, That's I was laughing terrible. so hard. Berserker. Oh,
2: not that guy. Yeah, No, not
4: Berserker. These two people. The one Mohawk was so over the top ridiculous bad. Oh, I was laughing God. so
2: hard. I, lo- I love Nitro Zeus just because what the hell kind of a name is <laughs> Oh <that>? yeah, Nitro Zeus. <laughs> it sounds like an energy drink.
5: Oh shit,
4: right? I, <laughs> oh, that might have been one of my favorite parts of the movie when they oh, did the, God. I'm glad
2: you brought that up, the montage. It was I, thought like, of, I thought of it like it was a suicide squad style thing where they're like hey we're going through the roll call and what they did no this is totally this was totally, yeah, this, this yeah. was
1: totally a callback to con air it
2: definitely was yeah, now no, you bring it up? that's a good point it's yeah, good yeah.
1: Call. it was great that uh, makes taser face sound good what the fuck was up with john turturro in cuba playing volleyball with autobots <laughs> nobody cares what <laughs> nobody the fu- cares. i don't even <laughs> understand that <laughs> why is he in it <laughs> yeah, just star power, I
4: guess,
2: because he was in the first three. Yeah.
1: Uh, first, did he go for the – was he in the third one? I thought he had a cameo
2: yep. in the third yeah, one. Yeah, because that's when. Okay. no, he was a big part of the third one because uh, that's when he's got uh, Alan Tudyk as his, like, butler or whatever. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Jesus. So, oh so maybe he, he is in all five of them. Maybe it's four that he has the
4: cameo
1: because he's a big part of two too. Hotner, maybe you can help me out here. Quintessa mm-hmm. in – Star uh, Star Wars Transformers Canon is just the name of the
2: planet, right? Yeah, that's just a Quintesson homeworld. There wasn't a single one called Quintessa, Quintessa? or anything.
1: That was, that, and that pissed me off so much. Uh,
2: it makes it
4: easier. So everyone knows what they're talking about. Like, no, everyone. we
1: get our <laughs> we get our first introduction to quintessons, and we don't get the spinning heads.
2: Right? Wow! Oh. Fuck
1: you! Oh, Fuck you! Is- and we don't. And her guards aren't the sharks. Fuck you! I want yeah. the shark yeah, the cons.
2: It's so ridiculous. It's what the problem with this franchise has been from Jump Street, pretty much, is that the. It's like, it's just, you put stuff out there and then you attach a name to it and go, well, because fans of the series will know, you know, that name, that'll mean something to them. But it has nothing to do with what that, anything about what yeah. that character yeah. that they identified as. It's like if in a movie you had a car chase between a Trans Am and, uh, like a Corvette and then a cop on the radio said it was an Altima and a Nissan. Like, you're not even close.
4: Yeah. The problem is, is they have no incentive to do anything else. Yeah,
1: why would they? It makes so much money. Well, we've established that. I'm sick of talking about how much fucking money this franchise gets. I want to talk about what a fucking how they're fucking it's a how it's bastardizing my Transformers.
4: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean it it does. You got to look at the bright side. It does keep like there's a lot of awareness to Transformers because of these shit movies, and like good stuff is being done in the animation front. That probably wouldn't have as much promotion without these movies.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not knocking on the. Uh, it, it's keeping them alive. Like this is yeah, doing, yeah. this is doing for Transformers what uh, Adam West and Burt Ward did for Batman. Okay, back in the '60s. All right, keeping I was that, thinking more. Than Josh the name in
3: Fantastic Four.
1: No, no,
4: that didn't work. <laughs> this is keeping the name relevant. But Frank, these are uh, that like, was all
2: bad. Like these,
4: and it's just one bad. thing. This is like a big. Keeping it relevant for a big group of time, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah when did the first one come out? 2007. Oh. Okay. Are you
4: talking about the Michael
3: Yeah, Bates because that was when the Camaro body style, like the one you got, was all, like, prototype. That was the first time a lot of people saw it. Well, yep. I mean,
1: I had been dreaming about seeing a live-action Transformers movie since I was fucking seven years old. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Same yeah.
2: thing. And they'd been talking about it. There'd been a rumor mills about it for, like, 15 years before it finally came out, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, is it gonna get, hey, Hopner, uh, we'll talk about this fucking thing some more. Is it gonna get, is it gonna get any better, uh, no. without, without Bay?
2: No. I um, mean, cause the problem is this, even if you get rid of him, which, for the last three movies, he's been like, this is gonna be my last one. Well, 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 he'll be executive producer on every single movie, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But who knows? I mean, again, to oh, me, Come it's, on, it's, he, the, he's
1: executive producer on fucking Turtles. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to yeah. do it here. They are going yeah. to. They are going
4: to. Oh, they'll slap his name on that. They got talker. to. Oh, yeah, got I'm to.
1: sure they will. They're you know, doing
4: the, the Bumblebee spinoff next, right? Yeah,
1: hold on. Let's talk about the Bumblebee spinoff. Is it going to be. Did they set it up in this fucking movie? Uh, did we see that set up in this fucking movie with the World War II Nazi bullshit? Yeah, I think we, I think
4: we did because
1: all things I've heard is it will be a flashback movie. Yeah, without Optimus Prime. No Optimus mm-hmm. Prime. So, yeah, in this movie, Frank, out of nowhere, okay, we've already gone back to King Arthur times, Mm -hmm. medieval shit. We saw transport – there were 12 knights, 12 Transformer knights that helped Arthur fight uh, this evil horde
2: of barbarian Mm – I think they're supposed to be the uh, Saxons. Oh, okay. I don't know. know. I don't know history. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) so, yeah.
1: Uh, and more then hidden history the, the, <laughs> the, 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 what was it we had a uh you had a three fucking headed dragon. Oh, that was neat. That looked awesome in IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> I, fucking, I hate Jake. <laughs> you got zero fucking attachment to Transformers. Oh, I love the shit. movie. You don't give a shit. It could be literally I know, the animated movie, but like literally like it could be like two and a half hours. You could honestly, they could fucking film two fucking five year olds playing rock 'em sock 'em robot <laughs> and call it Transformers and you'd love it. You don't give a shit. That was a joke. It would be better than these movies. <laughs> No, I, no, I'm, I'm hotner. I'm with you. No, these movies, like for me, I I've said it before. I waved the white flag of surrender on these films a long time ago. Now basically, it's just like a punching bag for me. I come in here, I don't let it hurt me because like this movie could, for as much as I love Transformers, like this movie, I could I could let these movies like just destroy me. Unicron's the Earth.
4: <laughs> I'm actually
2: not uh, too opposed to that idea, because they've done that before in uh, one of the uh, TV show series. They did it really well, though, unlike this. Oh, man, when Cybertron was getting real close to
4: Earth, that was some really good stuff in IMAX, too. Uh-huh. Mm. Mm. <laughs>
2: You'll get, you'll get nothing damn. positive out Could of it. Could you, just,
1: Jake, Jake, just suck the dick of this movie for, like, the next five minutes so me and Hopner can have a real conversation? I feel like... Dude, oh, I can make fun no, of No, like, too. We're, me and Hopner, we're going places. And then all of a sudden, Jake just throws this goddamn monkey wrench out there. Hey, remember that one fucking shitty part? I fucking loved it. And it, Brian, it just...
4: Uh, I'm sorry.
1: Oh, my gosh. Hey, Brian, remember that time where they fucking took a shit on your chest? Yeah, it was awesome.
4: Yeah, you should have seen that shit in the IMAX 3D. <laughs> yeah, oh <laughs> my god,
1: <laughs> oh, really right detailed. At you. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, the so Bumblebee was a fucking he fought Nazis.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, why? Especially because like from the first movie, the I like the idea is that like he's only been there for like a couple years, not sixty years.
4: Pretty safe to say we'll see Volkswagen Bug Bumblebee though in this version. Mm, doubtful. Or why else would
1: they even do a flashback if they weren't going to show us that tease? I, yeah, I, well, they were setting up that movie. I, is the whole movie going to be set during World War II, though? Yes, I guess. So it'll
2: be a Wonder Woman with a Transformer, yeah. only really terrible. Yeah, man, you're, you're printing money right now. Hmm. <laughs>
3: Uh, man, it's just the the further they go with it, the worse these ideas become.
4: yeah, I'm it's it so
3: convoluted. I'm
4: less excited for a bumblebee movie that's not directed by Michael Bay than I would be for another Michael Bay Transformers movie. you know.
1: I'd be excited for a fucking reboot i, I like they like this movie like things just happen so fast mm-hmm. and you're just introduced to new concepts so quickly. And new lore and new mythology and 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 they don't really do a good job of explaining any of it.
2: It's just because they don't expect you to right. actually pay attention to it. It's all just framework for the spectacle. Bit. Yeah, it's just salad it dressing. The most tenuous of fucking narrative and plot construction, and I use those in the loosest terms of the word. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. the story is dumb as fuck. And they always have been is the thing. I mean, like, we're talking, like, you know, how much more convoluted can it get? But it always is because none of the movies, like, with every movie, you're supposed to basically just forget everything that they talked about in terms of lore or history or whatever – from the previous movie or movies because, like, none of them connect to each other because, like, in the first movie, Megatron will crash there, like, 10,000 years ago or something because he was chasing after the Allspark, and the Autobots eventually caught up with him way later. Hold on. Wasn't
1: wasn't Cybertron destroyed?
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's supposed Uh, to be that it's dead. It's supposed to be just that it's a dead world that's uninhabitable. But not like it physically blew up like Krypton or Yeah, anything. this looks like...
1: What's those things that you get in the fucking... Uh, you go to those little science magazines and those little oh, balls you, that you pull out? It did look like oh, that. And yeah. expand? I
3: can't think of the name of it, but I know what you're talking about. What Cybertron yeah. look like?
2: Yeah. 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 You and you like saw that in the third one when they try to teleport it to Earth, which... Yeah. First of all, that it's the second time in within three movies that they've done that of let's bring Cybertron to Earth, but we already did it. Yeah, fuck it, do it again. <laughs> Nobody's paying attention. Do it.
1: <laughs> fucking yeah. Megatron in this movie. At least he had a role. Mm-hmm. Did he
2: though? Did he really?
1: <laughs> I'm just, you know what I mean. I mean, he had more to do in this than the last the, one. The only, yeah, he did. I I, I didn't like uh, fucking uh, sickly leper megatron that they had yeah
3: i never understood that one. it's like what the fuck
1: yeah you're trying to make him like mumra shit yeah exactly and but <laughs> the one i did like the part of uh him picking up Starscream's head that was fun that was but you know it makes me miss Starscream.
2: you know? i have a problem i have one problem with that part too it's a nice like callback yeah the problem is he refers to him as his treacherous friend mm-hmm. but in the that's us as Transformers fans, we know Starscream is treacherous and always tries to overthrow Megatron. In these movies... That's never even come close to being even discussed, let alone being shown. It's happened happened behind the scenes.
1: Yeah, it it happened in the first movie. Um, He's like Megatron says something about Starscream.
2: He Mm. he says, all he says is, you failed me yet again. The whole time, Starscream, every interaction with Megatron in these movies has been just a sycophant and a kiss ass and a brown nose. You're like, so where's the treachery part?
1: Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's just another Easter egg for us fans of the of the animated series yeah, and they played it off like an easter egg too it's just
2: a quick yeah film, they right? do and that's i guess that's fine like this particular one but it's for me it's just adding on to the dumpster pile of you're doing things to try to make us mark out yeah. as fans but it doesn't <laughs> actually amount to anything or Some, have any relevance to someone
4: things. out there is marking out as a fan no, that's the sad fucking thing uh, they sell like they're like the hot toys of these characters and shit and everything well, like, really someone's i mean- freaking the fuck out for this shit.
3: That seems to be really the only draw is the merge. Because, like, right what you guys were talking about well, that
1: was a, That was a big problem, though, after the first movie came out, is like, that Hasbro wanted to sell more toys. Yeah. And so that's why they just keep coming out with more and more Transformers. Like, that's a big thing with this, too, is Hasbro has a lot of control over these characters.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, Hasbro wants more and more characters. So, like, you know, you just can't have... Optimus looking the same in every movie. So I was like, it was like, what was it, like, the third movie where, like, he fucking... The flames. He had, like, all this shit strapped onto his back. Yeah, because
2: like, yeah, like, yeah. in the third one, the trailer was, like, a whole, like, weapons cache. that right. he would, like, unload and, like, grab, like, 18 guns out of.
3: <laughs> See, <laughs> this is the shame. Is like, that's the direction that they've gone with this. It's like, what kind of visual spectacle can we make? And then you've got an excellent bit of, like, um character background and interaction and shit with Starscream and Megatron that they could capitalize on and actually write a story out of and they fucking shit all over it and don't do they anything They don't care. That.
1: They just want, no. they, they want, they they want to, ma- it's the spectacle, it's the summer popcorn blockbuster, it's Michael Bay doing cocaine in <laughs> his trailer. I mean, they, <laughs> they don't care because these are making money. They don't give a shit and as, as long as, and Universal, They feel like if the audience is dumb enough to keep coming to these movies, they want Michael Bay to keep making them because – not Universal, Paramount because Paramount is in trouble right now. It's a studio that's going through a lot of changes. They've got a new president over there Mm -hmm, and mm Paramount has been not making a lot of money. That's why Paramount is doing this whole expanded universe with the Transformers. That's why we're getting the spinoffs. That's why you know talks of maybe doing like a GI Joe Transformers team up are going to happen. Hmm. Um, th- 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 all these things are happening because Paramount is basically living off the back of the Autobots and Decepticons right now.
5: That mm-hmm. right? mm-hmm. okay, makes sense. Yeah.
1: So that's why so- we'll never get the transform. That's why me and Daniel are never going to get the Transformers movie that we as fans would like to see
2: yeah and to what you were talking about a moment ago frank about like you could write these kinds of things in there but they don't it's yeah because one like i saying, they don't care because it makes money yeah. so it doesn't matter to them either way but also because just the way they've overly designed the the transformers themselves it costs way too much to actually show them on screen any more than is absolutely necessary for spectacle moments <laughs> so there's no opportunity there budget-wise to be able to hey let's you know, when the fight's over and Megatron and Starscream run away or whatever, let's show what they do for a couple minutes and have a dialogue with each other. I don't think that. I story I, don't, out of that. I don't think that's
4: true. I, if they wanted to do that, they have the budget to do that. I, I don't I think it's
2: think a, a budgetary budget, they reason, could, but they don't want to. Well, yeah, because
3: they can devote five seconds to Dinobot babies that they can now fucking sell to kids.
1: If you go back and watch the first movie, it's it's a more intimate and personal relationship that the Autobots have with Sam Witwicky than they do – Ever with Cade Yeager. There is yeah. zero connection to Cade Yeager and these Autobots. In that movie, he goes into a movie theater and he sees Optimus Prime. Oh, it's, I think it's a Transformer. And then it comes <laughs> Optimus Prime. He, he's Optimus Prime now. And then, like, I'm an inventor. And that, that, now I'm fighting alongside
2: you. Um, it is really ridiculous yes. in this movie how, like, how grateful and how, like, much respect uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg has towards Optimus because again, yeah, like you're saying, like they kind of, sort of uh, had did stuff in the last movie together, but not all that much. Yeah. So like. It's, and they act like, no, 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 they've, they've been best friends for years. Like, Super you know, gross. it comes over for Sunday brunch, we're like, hey, bro, what's going on, man? <laughs> right. Lots I mean, of these scrambled eggs, man?
1: Well, like, half of the transformers that were introduced into this fucking movie, we, we see for five seconds. There's the fucking caterpillar transformer, the cat, you know, the, oh, the yeah, cat yeah. tractor transformer. Yeah, canopy that got blown up at the beginning. Canopy it got blown up. Yeah. You're all I have left, canopy. Oh, and, canopy. oh sorry. I, squeak i didn't forget about you Spoiler. but yeah it's just it's fucking horrible and i would love to see you know if i had my wish it would be like duffer brothers directed transformers movie oh that'd be that'd amazing be cool. you know mm-hmm. set in the 80s yeah man. they got
3: their finger right on that pulse
1: yeah set yep. in the 80s and it would be it, yeah. it,
4: that's been the problem with all of these movies is the transformers human interaction stuff is just like so fucking terrible Well,
1: it wasn't it wasn't a cartoon too yeah it's
4: it's uh, really yeah. bad in the movies though like yeah. the stuff with Spike in the cartoon was better than the stuff going on here
2: like, so, <laughs> was it? I think it was man <laughs> I, 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 I think it was too because at least like they were talking back and forth to each other because in these movies it seems like for the most part like whether Child LaBeouf or Mark Wahlberg they're talking to a Transformer but, but a lot of the time no one, you know, there's not a Transformer talking back to them. And it feels like so, such an artifice because obviously, you know, the robots are CG and they're brought in post and, yeah. you know, the voice acting has to be done afterwards and everything and, uh, you know, ADR and whatnot. So it just, it's so, you don't feel like there's anything, any two things on the screen are actually there at the same time. Even the human characters, you feel like they're not even there actually together. <laughs> Yeah, even the cartoon never like tried to
4: shoehorn the human characters into the, the into the mythology as hard as the movies did. That's what makes oh, it so yeah. ridiculous in the movies. Like I think the sec to me the second movie is by far
2: the worst. Like as you alluded to, it's slightly racist. Yeah. I think They're it, all pretty racist. If you yeah. remember la- the last movie, Drift, the one that's voiced by Ken Watanabe, has a gold face. Cause he's Asian. <laughs> Get it guys? The second one though, it like actually just does
4: all the same joke beats that the first one did again. And it's the only one that <clears throat> does that trick. So it's, if you watch like, if you do the Transformers fucking marathon, then the second one's really hard. Can I
1: point out, though, in this movie, it looked like
4: uh, Anthony Hopkins had
1: a shit ton of fun.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, it did. He, it, some I of mean, the goofy he lines drunk. you get to say. He I looked, thought he was drunk most of the time.
1: I, I, well, I, think, I think that uh, Michael Bay was sharing. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, he was sharing some of that cocaine. Yeah, he was having a good time. Booger Sugar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man, it was, uh, this movie was fucking crazy. Um, honestly, I think that this movie does require cocaine. I if I, if I was like, you know, hopped up on fucking cocaine. I might enjoy this movie. It wouldn't be a bad thing to do on cocaine. Probably watch not. Watch Michael Bay Transformers movies. No. Watch Michael Bay Transformers movies
2: and watch your heart explode.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty
2: much. I'll and before we up. end, there's just one last, with the, this review, there's one yeah. last thing I wanted to kind of touch on really quick, and it's just how every single of the, like, hero characters, whether they're humans or Autobots, are just unlikable, angry, overly aggressive Dr. Strange! Did
1: you just leave an iTunes review for PCL? Or did you (laughs) you talk uh, (laughs) about...
2: No, but you guys are fun in that way. They're just like... Mark Wahlberg when we're introduced to him, you know he's letting he's you know getting the kids out of there and the one kid's like trying to talk. To he's like, "Hey, you want to get punched in the face really hard?" Mm-hmm. Our last night, ladies and gentlemen, threatening to punch <laughs> a child in the face. Hey, hey, Robert, that thought- was being hey. annoyed That actually worked for me.
1: Iron Man called uh, that little kid a pussy we'll in <laughs> Iron
2: Man Three. Yeah, so. but the point of that is that he's a he's not like a good person. To oh man, on no, time. you can't. Can- the point of it. When no.
1: your name's Cade Yeager, you're a dick.
2: Come <laughs> on. Truly, but like all the Autobots are like that too. I mean, they're all just overly aggressive, trying to, you know, talk down to everybody, calling everybody bitch and pussy and wuss and pointing giant guns in people's faces. I can't believe just how much like,
1: cursing there was in this movie.
4: Oh wow. Yeah, there was a it's lot. Insane. Anthony
2: Hopkins got in on that too. That was fun. Oh my God. Yeah, something else. I oh never wow. wanted to or needed to see Anthony Hopkins tell someone nice ride bitch and give him the finger oh my god and then, I when he
1: called it. when he called mark Wahlberg, dude that was uh. really
2: funny the way he said dude
1: i no I, i'll be honest with you like his performance in this was just fucking weird <laughs> but it was fun watching you know dr ford who i know right. from you know westworld <laughs> it, it was just it was fun just watching this guy this old guy just have fun making this stupid fucking movie you dr. know dr Lecter. yeah i yeah. know yeah it's just, just having him just watching him make this stupid fucking movie for dumb people yeah that like stupid yeah. shit for
4: big cha-ching
1: i mean he knows and all, this shit. And all the he's exercising. not looking at this thinking like this is a good job i approve of this no <laughs> no he cashed a paycheck and got the you know like yeah. they probably presented this like a fucking party you know yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's like you know we got some blow we got some hookahs <laughs> You know, I mean I mean imagine going to set every day for the Transformers movies. That would be awesome. <laughs> fucking like you got all these military vehicles, you get to get in a he he got to get in a fucking Lamborghini and shit, you know. I mean you know yeah, man, there's a lot of perks to this. There's, you know, Michael Bay's probably got strippers coming on set every oh, fucking night. you have night. to imagine. He's strippers. fucking, you know, that sushi, that well, sushi two that...
2: movies ago, one of them was the fucking lead actress, basically. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, you know, every there's snorting blow off of strippers' asses every <laughs> night, you know?
2: Can yeah, you imagine no, I don't the... blame Anthony Hopkins for Can it? you imagine, I mean, like, yeah, the yeah, rap you know. party
1: for this? No.
4: I yeah, appreciate yeah. that Anthony Hopkins didn't phone it in, that he actually, like...
2: You know, I do. I will agree with that. Like, all the heavy exposition he that he chewed had to on do, do as much he still he brought some, like, dignity and class to the stupid shit he's saying, but it sounds a little bit better when it's coming out of Sir Anthony Hopkins.
1: Oh, yeah. He can get away with anything. Yeah,
2: yeah he can. But yeah. just but then, like, when it's interrupted by the fucking butler robot playing the organ, like, oh, my God. Oh, that, oh, that was that so... Whole that stuff.
1: Horrible yeah. jokes. Horrible, horrible, horrible jokes. <laughs> all, and the,
2: and all that character. That's how so. it goes every one of these movies, too, is just... It's like we can't go more than two minutes without some stupid slapstick, sophomoric or just oh. vulgar you know, joke to <laughs> They're throw like cringe. The jokes are cringe They were bad. They like, were yeah, bad. horrid. <laughs> yeah.
1: There there was only it was only me and one other lady in my theater and <laughs> I, I, there, there was zero laughs this entire movie except for me like chuckling to myself anytime something really stupid or bad happened. hey let's talk yeah. about let, before we wrap this up let's talk about the mid credit scene
2: dun-dun-dun uh, <laughs>
1: yes I got excited we find out we see a woman walking through the sand and then we get some uh, more unicron
2: bullshit let's say flashbacks to the uh, apocalypse stuff from uh, X-Men yes yes, yes.
1: oh boy wow. and uh, Quintessa who we thought Optimus prime no yeah no who, who killed her who shot her with the gun was it bumblebee i think you're right yeah i think it was yeah bumblebee right. shoots her. yeah because prime couldn't kill his maker mm-hmm. but bumblebee wasn't made
0: by that bitch yeah, bumblebee so, didn't yeah. Fuck.
1: so yeah uh bumblebee fucking you up and then blew her up and then she's on uh we see a woman walking around in the sand and it's uh it's Gemma chan Gemma Chan from uh, Humans and Gemma Chan from uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Uh, and here she is, Gemma Chan. Uh, she's a, a gorgeous woman. Anyway, of yeah. course, Michael Bay had to cast her. He's probably like, get me her. Yeah. You know, he probably <laughs> yeah. saw her on Humans and she's already a robot in that fucking show and so he's like oh it just makes sense get me her he like snapped his finger and like the real life Cogsman (laughs) like goes out and finds her and drags her there and they fucking coke her up and shit and now she's all addicted to coke and like she's like fucking Michael Bay's lap dog she's like he's he's got her like he's got her like fucking chained up to his leg and shit you're not going anywhere Gemma style bend over that motorcycle yeah Uh, you're my tawny catane. He's like playing White Snake and snorting coke and shit. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Fucking. Uh, yeah. So uh, Quintessa's not dead. Quintessa's still. That, you know. Yeah. That's the thing, Hotner. I, I really wanted to see proper quintessons.
2: Yeah, it would have been nice. I mean, but then again, for me, it's like, yeah, that would have been nice, but so would have been seeing a proper Hot Rod or Ironhide yeah. yeah. or anybody in these fucking movies. Yeah. Yeah. In this universe, that just really doesn't
4: matter anymore. You're going to have to wait for the reboot. Hopner. You get that stuff. When yeah.
1: you're, Hopner, you're right. When Cade Yeager, this goes back earlier to what you were saying, when Cade Yeager was yelling at the Dinobots, I was like, you are not Robert Stack and you are not Ultra Magnus. You shut the fuck up. <laughs> right. I was saying that. I was like... This 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 movie needs like an Ultra Magnus, you know? Like a good uh-huh. but they call him Ultra Magnus and he'd be a fucking like uh <laughs> he'd be a moped,
2: you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't it wouldn't even be close to what he's supposed to be at no. all. That's I
1: kind don't. of a good
3: thing too, because if they tried to do it the way that we would want in this, they'd never get another shot to repeat that. You know what I mean? It's like there's still hope somewhere along the line that if they go to do it and do it right. Yeah, do it people's the... minds aren't tainted thinking of this stuff as i don't anything. know
2: i don't think that we're ever going to get a reboot of this i think these movies are going to run for as long as they do they're going to maintain this directing style they're yeah. going to maintain yeah. this ugly look and ugly feel and everything ugly and shitty and I, I when just it agree. Time runs out it's you're never going to get another go around paramount with it. is going to hold on to this forever I oh just yeah agree. they'll keep
4: making stuff to keep the rights, if nothing else. But once it fails, they're going to try again. They're not going. It didn't make all this money, and then all of a sudden, it's not making the money, and they're not going to at least try to reboot it. Yeah, this shit would have to go bankrupt for a long time. This shit is guaranteed to be rebooted the moment it, it falters. Guaranteed. I don't know. It's it's just like Brian said. It's Paramount's bread and butter right now. It's the fucking house that Autobots and Decepticons built. If if sure. one of these movies financially falters. They're just gonna be like, ah fuck it. They're gonna reboot this shit.
1: They're well, gonna look, do everything they can to bring how, that money back. Hoppner, think about it in the terms of Sony Spider Man. Exactly. Right. How many times has Sony tried to ride the back of Peter Parker? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're wanting to get it right because they know that it's it's in the it's in the culture of zeitgeist that's really popular. Mm-hmm. So Look at how fast the making came out after Spider-Man 3. You
2: guys got a good point there. I don't don't know. I just feel like... I know. I want to see them...
1: I want to see Paramount... I want to see... I I, I do want to see these movies fail hard to the point where... To the point where, I, I mean... Yeah, that's what you got to root for, for sure, 100%. Then why did you go see... Because the- I fucking do a podcast, you stupid fuck. Yeah, <laughs> that's,
2: that's, why that's why the really reason st- why I saw it. I, I said it coming out this, no more. Like, in the couple years when the Bowl movie comes out, you're not going to have me If I got to take... It, if i got to take uh,
1: Exactly. If I got to take one for the fucking team to tell everybody else that this movie's fucking shit, then I'm actually doing more of a service, all right? I got... Yeah, taste it, Jake, over there, <laughs> But, you know, uh, I mean... <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't offend. Him. I'm the, I know. I'm the uh,
2: so, <laughs> so uh, Jake. Really quick, let me ask you this because you're the one who tasted it here. Is it because you genuinely find bits of part enough of it to enjoy that you taste it, or is it a so bad it's good situation?
4: I mean, it's a little bit of both. It's like fifty fifty. Um, I I really do enjoy the visual spectacle of the movies, and I also I think Michael Bay does good action. Like it's not. Too close to the camera, Action, the
1: action bullshit. The action action in this one was the worst out of all of them. It wasn't the best. Because the slow motion in this one really was bad.
2: Especially when they made it a plot – or not a plot point, but they made it a device that one of the Autobots can do is, hey, I can make a bubble of slow-mo.
1: The car chase scenes in this one were the worst I've seen in in the entire run of these films because, like, they've had – the first few movies had some great cars. Oh yeah, and Michael Bay
4: knows how to film a great car Not race. in this yeah. film.
1: I, I didn't like it. The, the cuts to Anthony Hopkins, the cuts from the action. There'd be action shots where like a uh, like a, a character would like jump down a flight of stairs, and then the next thing you know, when they go back to that character, they're they're somewhere completely different. And right. it,
2: it's a real problem. He it, has, yeah, the lack of establishing shots. and six <laughs> editors on the film.
4: That's I mean, funny. yeah. I just think the movie is, like, a gorgeous movie. Like, there's the scenery shots are beautiful. Like, I always try to see these movies in IMAX because, like, there's no point for me
1: in watching this movie any other way. Jake looks at this movie the same way that Michael Bay looks at women. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. Hot on the outside, complete garbage in the middle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He thought – no, he actually thought Gemma Chan was an actual robot. That's why he wanted to, he thought that she was an actual robot. He save
2: money on CG. Yeah. He <laughs> I mean, shows Mark Wahlberg an episode of Human. It's like, I want her. Wow. I didn't know we had real robots, bro. Yeah. I
4: think the property is a property that they could make respectable movies out of. I really I think do. they
2: could, but like you said, they're not going to anytime soon.
4: Why,
1: yeah. Why would Paramount want to do what the fans like? No, I'm talking to fans of real fans. Real like fans. Me and you.
2: Yes. Why would they want to do that? We're not going to get that here, okay? It's we're, so we're silly that you'd think us as right. fans, long-running fans of the franchise, we'd be the target audience, but we're not. We're not. Yeah, It's we're unfortunate not. that they, they didn't get it
4: right the time that they got to use, you know, the Optimus Prime voice, too. Oh, yeah. Peter yeah. Cullen. Man. Peter Cullen. Yeah, like it's mm. – when they do it right, they're not going to have that part, probably. You know,
1: I, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, would, I love Peter Cullen, and, I mean, like he's in his 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's getting so, up So, yeah. I mean,
2: it, it's – And he's a great guy. Oh, have you met him? Uh, no, I haven't had the chance to. Yeah. I wanted to. No,
1: d- dude, go to my phone right now, and I got com on my fucking phone. It's like, it's one of my fucking icons. Is he, is he loaded from this? He has to oh, be, right? Oh, yes. Yes, that's you what You would I, think. You yeah. would hope so. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
4: He's got to be swimming in it from these movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you
1: know, I mean, but we're, hey, Hopner, we're getting what we want from, like, the Go 90 series and, like, yeah, you know. So Transformers Prime was a great series exactly. a few years back. Yeah, that was a good series. And, you know, the comic books. Um, some I thought Armada was good, too, even way back when. I didn't watch,
4: yeah, it, was, didn't it, was watch right.
2: it. It was all right. It started, that one starts off slow, but once you get into, like, the actual meat of it, it gets pretty good. I liked how serialized it was compared to some of the shows, though. Yeah.
1: So... All right, we are done. With, I'm done with Transformers. Mm-hmm. Done with Transformers. All right, guys. Let's do it. I'm cool. Done with Transformers? I'm done with
3: Transformers. <laughs>
1: all right, and just like all good leftovers, their Doggy Bags, thank you for your patronage and thanks for listening. We'll see
6: you next week. Bye. Hey, bye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it, I couldn't do it. You people need a t shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap.
4: By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap.
0: Good at toss it, good at it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. He it. Let's embrace it. Tough nowhere. Party, subculture, spill over like a vulture carry over. Culture pushed over. Pop culture left over. Uncool kids. What's this say's already been said? Left over. Sure only talent is the band that's singing. this pop culture leftovers original and good have already been done before so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we the shaft the crap even though we're the shit woo we're the leftovers picking up the scraps dropped by the cool kids it, it's a trap toss it good and taste it. do we love it hey let's fix it can it left and embrace the wear party subculture spill over like a vulture carry over counterculture push over pop culture pop left over. and with the uncool kids what's to say has already been said left over Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this pop culture left over It, good it, do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't embrace it, let's embrace it, Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carry over. Counterculture pushed over pop culture. Leftovers, the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said? Leftover. Leftovers. Only talent
5: It's the band that's singing. this. Pop culture. Leftovers.